Thank you so much for downloading this episode of So What Do You Really Do, the podcast where I, your host, Dater Dennis Maller, speak with artists and entertainers about their day job, and I'm, mo- I'm so excited, I could not be any more excited about in podcasts, because I'm doing the entire month of June, all my guests on podcasts are going to be people from r- the radio business. Uh, my cohorts, my friends, people I've worked with, people who have worked at competitive stations, people that I know that work in radio, that is going to be all month long. And I can't be any more happy to kick this month off uh, with today's desk. Uh, today's desk. And I couldn't be any more happy to kick this month off talking to radio professionals than doing it with my friend, Joanna Campbell. Some of you may know her as Josie or Joe. Uh, we go on to that into the podcast. We talk about this exact thing where I've known her for a couple of years uh, from my neighborhood and from listener on WHFS, which is a station I grew up listening to as a heritage alternative rock station in Baltimore. Uh, growing up, well, DC, it was DC, but it was very pow- powerful. We listened to it in Baltimore, um, and the station was located in between. And we talk about that uh, in this, and uh, listened to her on that, and then becoming friends with her when I was in my mid twenties. When we were introduced, hanging out at the same bar, and we have mutual friends, and we've hung out uh, at a lot of events in Baltimore before I moved up here to Boston because we would go to a lot of the same things and have fun, and uh, we're huge drinkers. So we were all pretty much just drunk all the time. Um, this podcast I actually did with her when I was in Baltimore um, for Charm City Comedy Festival uh, in May, uh, just before my 35th birthday. So I got to sit down and do this. And I have that. I, I recorded it on a Zoom H6N, which is a new recorder. Um, and God damn, is it a beautiful machine? I know I get heavy in the tech talk on this thing. Uh, if that's your thing, it's totally my thing. Uh, I love it. The, the, the thing was beautiful. It sounds pretty good just for just turning the mics on, sending it down. Like I literally just hit, turned it on, hit record, sat it down. And then we were running and rock and roll. And I do have to thank my buddy, my buddy up here, Con Williams. Uh, he's an Australian guy who moved here to Boston to do comedy. Um, so I have to thank him for lending it to me while I was in, uh, Baltimore for borrowing it from him for a week. Uh, just to do these interviews, some of these interviews that you're going to be hearing uh, in the next. Well, actually, it was Josie. Josie was the only one. One of my other guests, I was supposed to record with him and then our schedules didn't um, coincide. But next week when I release that podcast, you'll hear all about that one because um, we'll explain it on that. And, uh, so we got we got the podcast done. We just didn't do it when we were face to face in town together. We had to do it over the phone. <laughs> so but Joe, uh She's an amazing person. She's great. She's funny. She's warm and welcome. She's a dynamite talent in radio. She's been doing it, God, longer than I have. And I've been doing this, if I'm 35, I started at 18. That's what, 17 years? Basically, I think 17 years this fall. So 16 years now, almost 17 years I've been doing radio. You know, that includes college and internet radio. Uh, God damn, that's a long time to be doing something, isn't it? So, yeah, she worked at WHFS with a station that I loved, and then they took it away, and then they brought it back, and it's there again, but nowhere nearly what it used to be. Um, so, the funny thing about this, like, Joe and I will go, you'll hear Joe and I talk about uh, the names that we use on air, uh, radio names and stuff like that. Um, and I, I, you'll hear me talk about this, but uh, I'll just go uh, explain a little more. When I started an internet radio show, I went as Bruce Brody because I hated my name. Uh, now I'm dead air Dennis. Um, but something that happened very recently, and I was going to write a blog about it, and I just didn't get around to it. I really need to write more. 
Facebook suspended me because they didn't believe Dead Air, De- Dead Air Dennis was my name, which is not. Legally, Dead Air is not my name. And uh, it was an annoying, like, six hours of my day. I don't know if somebody reported me, if they came across that. I don't know what happened. I think what happened. All right, this is what happened. I think I know what happened. I was watching, I was in an argument on Facebook. A buddy of mine made a joke about, uh, hey, is, is, it, is it okay if we spoil uh, Star Wars for The Force Awakens? Can we have a public discussion about this now on Facebook? And of course, people were like, no, spoiler alert, you can't have this, I haven't seen it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, look, it's been three months, if you haven't seen the movie, you're not a fan, sorry. I don't care what your schedule is, you're not a fan. So... Han Solo, spoiler alert for anybody who's listening to this. I Fuck you, no spoiler alert. Kylo Ren kills Han Solo. That is what I, I posted that in the thing, and people lost their shit, complaining, screaming that, uh, that I might as well have murdered a baby in public and then ate it. That's how mad they got at me. And I think one of his friends reported me to Facebook saying that my, my name wasn't real. And that's where this all started. Luckily, by the end of the day, like I started researching... Um, this whole thing, because a lot of people are having this problem. A lot of people in the LGBT community, uh, transsexuals, um, and people who are um, people who dress in drag, they have lots of Facebook accounts. Oh, dude, even burlesque people, I know a lot of people who have burlesque have Facebook accounts dedicated to their burlesque names, and a lot of them, especially people who are going through uh, transgender issues, who are transitioning from man to woman, what a man or cat to dolphin, whatever it is that somebody wants to do, they're having issues with Facebook suspending their accounts because they're like, that is not your legal name. Um, and that, for them, it's a terrible thing for them to do. Granted, I'm just a dipshit that tells dick jokes at night and occasionally used to be able to say mean, dumb things about pop culture on the radio. I don't need to defend my marketing brand of dead air Dennis anywhere. But at the same time, it's an annoyance. You know, I have business cards. I have a you know, a thing that I'm doing and an image, uh, almost uphold. Uh, I just did a show, uh, in Pelham, New Hampshire the other night and it was good. It was a great show. Um, small crowd, but they were in it to laugh and that's great. It was a uh, really cool place. Uh, it was a comedy show at a cigar bar and I actually was surrounded by people smoking hookahs, smoking cigars, smoking cigarettes. And I, and now today, 10 weeks without a cigarette and did not have one while I was at the show. Like all my smoking was done secondhand, which I think is, which is maybe not as much of an accomplishment that I'm making it, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take it as a win regardless. So, but at the show, uh, my buddy, Danny J. Bine, who is a comedian who is going to be on this show uh, sooner or later. Um, cause we want to talk to him about some of the jobs that he has done. Cause he's done a lot of jobs and he's been doing comedy for a long time. He actually complimented me going, saying that I, do a great job marketing myself to people. And I took it as a compliment because it was meant to be a compliment, but I didn't know if it was, I don't really think that's a compliment. It's like, you do a really good job selling yourself to people. Like, and I'm like, but do I, I don't know. Um, because I think I do a good job just from being in radio and whatnot, just promoting other things. And I, I can go, Oh, Hey, you know, you know, uh, thank you for when somebody says, Hey, you know, great, great set. You're funny, whatever this or that. I take it. I learned to take that gender instead of, um, telling somebody when somebody says, Oh, great job. And I was like, Oh no, that was nothing. That was no, nah, that was terrible. I started learning to take that compliment personally. And one of the things that I've done is say, thank you. That makes me feel really good that you said that, um, validating their opinion, uh, because when you deny it, it makes them feel bad. So I'm trying to accept people's, um, compliments 
genuinely, which is a hard thing to do. It makes me feel very uncomfortable, but I'm doing it. So uh, I was talking to some people after my set, handing out cards like, hey, by the way, I also have a podcast. Here's the link. Check it out sometime, blah, blah, blah. I can do that. I can talk to strangers all day long. I have no problems with that. Part of the game of comedy is also marketing yourself to other comedians because they're the ones who book shows. They're the ones who are going to recommend you for shows to bookers, uh, to people who aren't comedians who are booking shows. You know, They're the ones who are going to get you on the work. So you need to be as promotional to them as you do to their audience because you need an audience to show up, but you also need the comedians to book you. I don't do a great job with marketing myself to comedians because we all know each other. So you don't want to like sell yourself to them. And I hate when somebody's tried to sell themselves to me, you know? So, you know, it's like, Hey, we're on one. We're on the same level. One-on-one let's talk. Uh, so I've been working on building this persona. That is dead or Dennis persona is probably not the right word, but it's the only word that applies to the situation. So pretty, it's been working out pretty well. It's nice that somebody that that can look at somebody who has as much experience doing comedy as Dana does. He's been doing it a couple, uh, probably twice as long as I've been doing comedy. Um, to say that, dude, you do a good job of talking to people after the show and tell them like, Hey, thank you. And here's where you can see more from me. I don't know if it's working, but probably not working. I would, I should know that it's not working. (laughs) Are, Are people showing up my shows? Are they, are they reading my tweets? I don't know. Um, we talk about him in the podcast, Josie and I do, uh, we talk about our friend Spam, who was also, again, somebody I listened at WHFS and then became friends with from hanging out in the neighborhood. Um, he once told me that reaction on Twitter is not a conducive way of knowing what your reaction is to Twitter. Like you don't know how many, you don't, more people are reading your tweets than they are reacting to your tweets. So that's something I've always thought about. Like, just because I tweet something and nobody's replying to it or favoring it or retweeting it or, or it doesn't mean they're not seeing it. <sighs> Especially when it comes to my bosses. <laughs> I've had so many talks from my bosses in radio, especially in radio, about the things I tweet out. Anyway. It was really great sitting down and talk with Joe because her and I haven't talked in a long time. We haven't seen each other. We talk on social media. We talk on, you know, we'll Facebook message back and forth about stuff. Um, we'll tweet at each other. We favor each other's tweet and then we'll tweet. Um, we could do more communicating. Um, but we just don't. I don't know. I got to step up my social media game. I got to get back to the level that I used to do. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm just bored with it. I don't want to put every thought I have that comes through my head out over social media. Uh, but I got to create content. That's what we are as entertainers, content creators. So anyway, it was really good seeing her because not only did I get to see and hang out with her and do a little bit of catching up, I got to check out her new house. I got to see her dogs with their adorable little creatures. You'll hear them in the background whimpering, trying to get in the kitchen to hang out with us. Um, and also I got to see her on TMZ. She's uh, doing correspondence for TMZ. Um, at the time that I, we did this recording, she had just lost her job at Mix 106.5 uh, radio station in Baltimore. Um, and she was on the hunt for more jobs. She's doing some part-time jobs here and there. She's picked up a job um, here and there. So it was nice to see that she's in positive spirits. I mean, it may not sound like it in the podcast, but knowing her, that's uh, that's her positive. She's thinking positive uh, that she's going to get another job. I know for a fact if I lost my job in radio today that I would never be able to get back into business. I don't even if I wanted to be. Uh, I would. Ne- I don't think anybody would hire me. But that's me, and I could be wrong. So. Anyway, oh, also, real quick, uh, before we get into it, 
I have to tell you there was a problem with the order. It cut off in the middle of us talking, and I just picked up with my iPhone. So there's going to be a slight audio change, a little bit of a jump. You're going to basically hear her talking uh, and not complete her thought, and we're going to circle back to it immediately after. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure if I didn't tell you, you probably wouldn't have noticed that it happened. I don't know. Maybe you would have, but so that happened. I filled an SD card. That's basically why it cut off. Uh, but we only missed a few minutes in the conversation. I quickly found it, I quickly noticed it, and then just pulled the iPhone out, finished the conversation, and closed things up. First of all, let me just warn you guys, we do a lot of inside baseball talk on this podcast, so uh, we talk deep knowledge uh, and stuff about radio. So we're, this is a really intricate, um, personal, personable Personal? Personable? Whatever that word is. Uh, discussion about radio and our experience in radio. So I don't want to warn you to turn you off from it. I think it's fascinating, interesting stuff. I hope you do as well. Uh, one of the things, though, is like there's a term that we use throughout there. Markets. Uh, do I have to explain? Markets or cities. That's what it is, basically. And c- markets are ranked uh, by population and cities. So the largest, larger city is number one, which is New York. Number two is L.A. Chicago is three. Uh, I think Puerto Rico is four or whatever it is. I don't know. I can't I can't keep it, uh, track of it anymore But because I don't need to keep track of market size anymore. Boston's like 11 now. It used to be D.C.'s nine where I'm from. Baltimore's 22 or 23. So Philadelphia is in the top 10. I think that's number seven, something like that. I don't know. Uh, so just to explain that ahead of time, we will, when we use the word markets, when we talk about market 623, that just has to be the 623rd largest city in, in, in America, basically. So anyway, please enjoy this podcast and the beginning of radio month here on. So what do you really do? Uh, my interview, sit down chat with radio personality, Joanna Campbell. I'm very, very modern podcast style where it's like, hi, talking, 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 and then you jump right into the, <laughs> to the recording. So, but, uh, all right, let's talk about the TMZ thing that we just watched. So, uh, we probably should have just recorded what we said. So, we'll just recreate the fake conversation we had in the living room. Or we fakely recreate the real conversation we had in the living room for fake times right now. Um, but yeah, because you just did a, a thing on TMZ this week. Is this your third thing on TMZ? Fourth. Fourth? Third was last week. Okay, so they're they're going to you weekly then? As much as they can. There's a schedule, so okay. I can't Skype in again for another two weeks, but I can do the phone thing now, and now I have to wait again Yeah, because I a few weeks. TMZ's on, the TV's right in front of me at work, but the volume's not, because I don't want to listen to it. Uh, and plus, we have like four different shows going, four different local news channels at once. So I see that they have people who Skype in. I never realized they had phone calls either, like people phone calling it in. So what is it that you're doing? Like, basically, you're just a TMZ correspondent, I guess. Is that what it is? Yep. You come in, you just say your name, where you're from, and they give you about 15 seconds to talk about any any of the stories they're talking about that day. How do they get a hold of you? Like, how does that... First of all, how did TMZ find you? Because it happened right after you lost your job at Mix, right? It started before. Okay, so it started before. All right. They started to talk to me before, and uh, after I lost my job, I didn't have anybody I needed to ask to do much of anything, so I took advantage of the opportunity, and I've been doing that in my downtime and some freelance stuff, and, you know, just trying to stay busy, looking for the next full-time gig. 
All right. Well, with with, with the TMZ, when they contact you, they caught. Con- oh, they clearly contact you because of you working in radio, right? They contacted me, I think, because I have a blue check mark, which I did get through working radio. Oh, but they verified Twitter account. They hit me up on Twitter and asked if I wanted to, and it says in my little bio that I was, you know, doing radio and a pop culture enthusiast. So I have a friend who does it, and I do wonder if they found me just because I talk to her a lot on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's really the only thing I could think. Shout out to Kiki Brown, if that's true. <laughs> so you don't even know how they contacted you. They just found One you and tweeted you. One day, out of the blue, they send a tweet and they said, hey, you ever want to contact on it or comment on the show? It's like, yeah, sure. Now, the people who comment on the show, are they all media personalities or are they just regular Joe Schmo schmucks? I have no idea. <laughs> I, th- I think they're just other random people. Okay. Because I don't, like, do, do you just, well, I guess since you lost the station, you don't. What do you like when they, when they have you on? Do you plug something like no? Do they just no? Maybe I you? should, but I don't. Well, how do they intro you? I just say I'm Josie from Baltimore, and I'm here to talk about like today. I talked about Prince. Yeah, and then I make my comment. They reply and they move on. It's weird being on the other end of it because I'm used to taking callers. Yeah. So when they started to explain to me, now wait until we say go and you're going to hear a swoosh sound. It was, <laughs> you know, it was the shtick that how many times have I said that to somebody else? Now somebody's telling me to do that. I don't know if this is a step up or <laughs> a step back in life. I'm not sure. But hey, it's TV. So I guess it's always forward. Yeah, it's a move, step forward. Where? Uh, all right. So there's just a producer on the other line and they, like, do you have to screen your comment with them? Like... No. Is it, because uh, I know in like the days of comedy, like especially like late night, well, and late night TV, they used to just contract jobs, uh, monologue jokes out instead of having the writers do them. You could submit. So every day from what I heard from other people, they would get up, they would write monologue jokes and then they'd fax them to, to, to tonight show. And if they got one on, they would just mail them the check. So they would receive a list of all the monologue stuff they're going to talk about, what jokes they want. And then whatever comedians would write their jokes and then fax them in. Is it similar in that regards? Like they send you, do they email you a list of the topics? I get a topics list. I pick three. And then they tell me which one they're going to take me for. I, don't, I hope I'm not spoiling any secrets. I never signed any contracts, so. No, yeah, they're not should, even paying Should you. be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's, that, I want to get the real behind this. <laughs> but no, all right. So they send you, uh, do they do it like weekly or every day? Weekly. So once a week, they'll send you a list of, of, of topics, what, on on Whatever Tuesday? day, like, they'll say, are you available today? Okay. Yes or no. Or, you know, you can defer if you're busy. And I'd like to be busy and be able to defer, but I'm just like, yeah, whatever. And then they'll say, okay, we're going to take you today, and they send you the topics list that day. So whatever you're and commenting on is you, relevant that day, because it's a live show. Do you tell them what your comment's going to be ahead of time? Or do they just say... We trust you enough to make something smart and interesting. They've never screened my comments. Okay. I don't know if anybody else has ever been screened, but mine hasn't really been screened. Well, we don't care about other people. We care about you. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, if, all right. Let's say they come. I'm not the authority on this. You're enough of authority for yourself. Um, so, wait, do you just, do you tell them Joe or Josie? Josie. Josie. Because it. It's what all my social media accounts are. Yeah, well, Instagram, that's the thing. Twitter, Snapchat, all Radio Josie. And that came from, at the time that social media was really busy, is when I was working for HFS the second time, when it was at 97.5. And 
Josie was who I was on HFS. So everything in social media it still says Josie. So that's what they call me. Uh, yeah, okay. Because I know you as Joanna. Or Joanne, rather. Um, yeah, but my but name's not you Joanne also, at all. Weren't you also trying to go as uh, something else for a little while? Like when you were uh, when you were at when you came back to mix, weren't you trying to change the name to just Joe? It is, yeah. I I just, it's just Joe. Joe. Okay. I couldn't use Joe when well, I was. This thing I had no, three he, names for you in my head at all three times. <laughs> because when I started at HFS, yeah, I wanted to be Joe, but they said I couldn't be Joe because there was a JoJo who hosted a morning show in Baltimore. Somehow, yeah. strangely, on Mix 106.5, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I later went jo to. Joe Right. So I couldn't be Joe because there was already sort of a Joe thing happening nearby. And so Josie was my college radio name, and that's how I went with that. Okay. All I know, right. it's confusing. But here's the the best part is everything starts with Joe. So I know... They're all derivatives of every, Everybody who's talking to me. But it is Joanna. Yeah. And nobody ever says the, uh, so why bother? <laughs> Well, cause I had the, when I first started doing radio, I had the similar issue because when I first started at the internet station that I, that I was doing for college, the first year I was in college, I went by Bruce Brody. Why? Because I hate my name, Dennis Maller. It's just dumb. But and I love the lyrics. Bruce issue. what? Bruce Brody. All right. And this is why I wanted to go as Brody Bruce, which was, um. And the Kardashians weren't a thing then. So where do you even well, come up uh, with these names? Uh, Bruce Brody, or Brody Bruce was, um. Um, what's his name's character from Mallrats? Anyway, that was his name, and I want to use that name. And my teacher slash program director was like, "Brody doesn't sound like a first name, and Bruce is a terrible last name." So I was like, "All right, I'll just flip it. How about Bruce Brody?" He's like, ah, "I don't care," and then walked away. Okay. So the first year I was doing the local music show and all the internet stuff I was doing there at that station, I went by Bruce Brody. So there's a series of of local Baltimore punk bands that still remember doing a radio show coming on Bruce Brody's radio show. And then the next year, I went back to my name. Uh, I went to my back to my original name just for because I did. Um, and it was getting difficult trying to make my friends who are already in the punk scene start calling me Bruce. So I decided just, and I figured it one day I'm going to have to end up using my real name. So I did. Uh, and now with the dead air thing in comedy and radio, there's people in comedy who refuse to like they. they I get so much guff for having the dead air in front of my name because they're like it's not your real name it's like yeah but this is what people know me as so I've spent a lot of years as different names of myself and catching a lot of shit for it I don't actually get a lot of questions I think it's because everything starts with Joe so it makes yeah. sense yeah you're all right in the same thing Like, but mine also gets like because I have three names for you and every time I refer like today I think I said your name I think I said Joe, Josie, and Joanna Three different times in front of my mother, who because I went to the Jeffy Museum with them today. Ah, oh, we got to talk about that. We will. I'll show you pictures. It was it was good. I've it was been there. Good. Oh, have you? But I saw your oh. pictures as you were posting. Okay, I didn't know how long that came around until because um, my mother found it. She knows coming in town. She found a Groupon for it. It's like, let's go do this for your birthday. And so we did. That's not your mom's accent. She's from Dundalk. <laughs> 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 my, 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 no, that's not even close to my mother's accent. You're right. But my mother... What? I have no... I can't even do my mother... My, my, if I pretend my mother's accent sounds like something else, it sounds less annoying in my head. Okay. So if I try to accurately do my mother's Dundalk accent, my ears and nose will start bleeding from an aneurysm. Okay. But, all right, so back to you on radio. So, oh, where do we start with that? Uh, well, let's start with when you started in radio. Because you started originally here in Baltimore, right? No? I started because I knew you uh, right Central after you PA. got back. Okay, because I knew you right after you started back at HFS. That's when we met. Yes. 
about decisions for bacon night. No, it wasn't. No? But I did see you there. Wait, then when did I meet you? We met while I was hosting for the bands outside of the power plant with JB. No, I thought I introduced you to JB. We did it right there. I thought that was a bad decisions. I think we need to talk about how much uh, I was I was living in Federal Hill at the time. I and how you how about, how about I was my memories the, are all sort of <laughs> compacted into one. Did we meet it? Because we went to bad decisions after that. No. We did. No, I'm pretty sure you're backwards and I'm right. We started at, at bad decisions, yes. then went, and then no, I'm pretty sure we went. Back, did we meet at Best Decisions? By the way, this is going to be a commercial for John's Bar, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Do we meet at Bad Decisions, go to the power plant, and then go back to Bad Decisions then? Because trust me, if you're living in Federal Hill and drinking, uh, drinking as much, I was living in Fells Point drinking the same amount, copious, every day. Uh, I don't know. All right. I played the fifth. <laughs> I have no idea. Let's, let's go with, we met, well, JB, who is our... our Buddhist, a Buddhist priest, kung fu fighting instructor friend. Yes. Mutual friend. I met you and him on the same day. Then that was a bed of decisions, and it was beer and bacon night. Okay. Did we not go to the power plant afterwards? I don't know. Didn't we? Because I no. I could have sworn no. it was when I was hosting. No, you guys went. I didn't go. I went back home. Did you? Yeah, I remember that. Because okay. I was with yeah, because I was with Spam and Rita and all them. I could have sworn we all went to no, the power plant together. I did not go to power plant. Okay. I laughed as you and JB went skipping down the lane arm in arm. That's why I remember I didn't go to Power Because <laughs> that image is in my head forever. <laughs> that sounds about something him and I would do. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a sweet moment. So, all right. So, at that time, you were already working for HFS. Yes. So, prior to that, you started in Central PA. Yes, in high school. Okay. You So, you started working at a radio station in high school? Yes. What station? 1280 WHVR in Hanover. So, AM. And then... Their sister station, their FM, 98YCR, uh, was six months later. What was their formats? I was doing Orioles board hopping. Okay. And they played like 45s and stuff. It was kind of crazy there. I learned... They still played vinyl? Yeah. I this learned how like to DJ with vinyl. Late 90s, early 2000s? 97. 97, so if you were in high school, okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, six months later, on the pop station. And not a lot has changed if you think about it, because I got back into radio through Metro, and then... Started board hopping for Orioles games, but it was the, um, you know, the flagship station as opposed to... VAL? Yeah. No. CBS had it then. Oh. The, who was there? Oh, it doesn't matter what they Yeah, it doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, we'll keep saying uh, local radio station numbers and people go, oh, let me look those up, which they won't, but okay. Nobody's going to do that. So when you... All right, so... Yeah, well, so... How, how so, did you get into it in high school? Because I had a, I know enough people while we, well, because I went to college for it. I knew enough people getting out of college who had enough trouble getting a job, especially even board hopping, which is the second to lowest run on 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 the on the totem pole. So there was a career day. My mm-hmm. mom's a teacher at high school, and one of the local DJs came in to talk about it. And my mom knew I wanted to be a DJ and went to ask him if I had to go to college or not because at the time I was in this major war with her. Over, I just wanted to go to BIM. I wanted to be like Robin Quivers, and I wanted to go to BIM, and that's what I want to do. And they're like, you're going to college, or you're on your own. Okay. So I ended up 
going to college because they weren't going to pay for me to go to broadcasting school or help me along the way at all. They were like, you do that and you're on your own. Bye. I wasn't ready for that. I was, you know, 17. I wasn't ready to think about that. I graduated at 17, so I wasn't ready to, like, go on my own. So I went to college, but in the meantime... York College. York College. Okay. I went there because I got a job while I was in high school, so I stayed, basically, so I could keep my radio job. But, uh, yeah, so there was a girl in her class whose dad was the PD of the AM station. And so my mom, this DJ, and this girl are all having this conversation now about whether you have to go to college or not. And to prove my mother wrong, this girl has her dad give me a call. I had an hour-long phone conversation with him, and they hired me to board up. Just to prove my mom wrong. (laughs) So you knew at a young age you wanted to be in radio. I knew when I was nine. At least. Maybe sooner. Yeah. Because you were listening to Howard Stern and that was your Is that was Howard Stern your into and and love to radio? No, music was. But I became obsessed I think with Howard Stern because it was the one cool thing that any of the local radio had. It was 1057 had it up there. And it was like that one cool thing where, you know, it you would see it, you could hear it, it would be on E the next day or whatever and it was like Finally, because growing up in Central PA, it's sort of out there. Especially back then, it was really out there, disconnected, so it was some, something. It yeah, was but, music first. Yeah, because me, my music, but it was, for me, getting into radio was music as well. But like for me, radio was the only place where I could do music and comedy at the same time. Like That was the only avenue where that those things collided to me. But it was local radio. I never listened to anything syndicated. I don't think we had... At the time when I was in high school, may have been, but I didn't listen to it, a, a Howard Stern affiliate. So I really, I just barely knew of Howard Stern from other people talking to him. And then when I was around high school at the same time, when he started doing like the one hour video of Howard's show, that's the first time I saw Howard Stern. So for me, it was more, I wanted to always to be a local guy. I never thought about radio going nationwide like that. I would totally... Love a syndicated deal. <laughs> Which first, I, first, I need a deal. Then I need to be syndicated. One thing at a time. I know. I know. But like, I didn't... I would love a syndicated deal. Are you kidding me? Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, we, I don't even know if syndication even still it pays the way it used to. Clearly. Nothing pays in radio the way it used to, but... <laughs> no. Tell me about it. <laughs> the disgusted look of thinking about paying radio is not going to come over on the audio of this podcast, but I think people understand where we're coming from on that. Um, so... You got the job just to prove your mom wrong about it while you were still in high school. In high school, started board hopping there, and then when you moved to the pop station, did you know any of the pop? Because we like generally the same band. We're both indie rock fans for the most part. Um, that was an adjustment for me. I would find like solace in playing Sugar Ray. <laughs> you know, it would be like, oh, gotta play Britney again. Oh, Justin. Oh God. Oh, Insane. Backstreet. Whatever. And then it'd be like, oh, but at least I get to play some Sugar Ray. Or at least I got to play Jewel. Or at least there were bright spots. But I was actually at war with Britney Spears personally. We were the same age. <laughs> and I got so mad because one of the, the nighttime DJs was obsessed with her. And did the entire back wall in Britney cut out pictures from... And she was like so underage. Shri- at Britney Shrine. Yeah, yeah, they had a shrine to Britney and she was underage at the time. Oh, of and I was working there at the time. So I was taking this like as an attack and like, ew, what's wrong with you? So one weekend shift that I worked like 12 hours, mm-hmm. I 
hand cut and colored Mickey Mouse ears and put custom sized Mickey Mouse ears on each and every <laughs> picture of her head so that it would be like, dude, she's kid. Like she's this is gross. Like she's Mickey Mouse Club. Stop. Yeah. He was so livid. It was one of the best pranks I think I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to top that one. Because it messed up some of the pictures when he took the ears off and he got really upset about that. Oh, good. Like that was from Team B. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? So just here, here's the, the a pictorial shrine of a 16 year old girl. Yes, and I was disgusted as a 16 year old girl that that was there. And I'm a 35 year old man, and it disgusted me. He was about anyway. 35 at the time. If Ooh. it makes you feel any better, no. Okay, just that makes me feel worse. Just check it. <laughs> that made me feel sicker. Oh, sorry. So you don't have any like you didn't play you didn't like any of the music on the station. Did you? Are you comfortable playing with music? Playing music on a, being on a station that you that you don't like the format. I've come to appreciate everything. You have to. I've come to appreciate everything. And when you see how things tie together, like you listen to a country song and they name drop Tom Petty and Bob Seger and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, everybody's listening to the same thing. Those lines are all imaginary, especially now when you can customize your own channels online to listen to something. A lot of those lines don't really matter. I, I did a story last night on my country show that uh, airs Monday through Friday in uh, on the Eastern Shore. Is that Love the new that. one that you picked up? After That's, yeah, Bay Country 97.9. Where do you do that from? The room next door. Do you have a studio here in the house? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to see that before we go. I thought I was getting a tour, but the tour came to the kitchen. I was like, all right, let's just re- start recording. Yeah. We'll look at that after. <laughs> all right, yeah. So, yeah, there was a story. It was about... Jake Owen inspiring Mike Posner to write I Took a Pill in Ibiza because they met at some... Posner? Posner. Posner? Yeah. Is it Posner or Posner? I think it's actually Posner. Okay. But everybody says it wrong. Everybody says whatever they want. I think it's Posner. Okay, because I think I knew it as Posner because I remember uh, the first time I heard about him, Styles asked me to tweet at him from the club event because he... I guess uh, Chris Styles from... From who I used to work with at the club events, right? Kiss and now he or uh, we used to be hot together. Now I think he's at Kiss, and I think he's doing um, what's the Spanish station El Zol. Really? I think yeah, I think he's doing mixes for both those stations now. Interesting. Um, I'm just guessing guess that from the tweet. I should actually call him and talk to him, especially since he had a second kid. Uh, but the point was, uh, he was he, the, his record. Uh, Mike Posner's record record label sent him this new single early, and he started spinning it in the club on the air. He was like, tweet at them so they know that I played it. So I used to, like when Florida first started, I used to write a majority of his tweets from the club. Not in general, just when we're at the club. He's like, he would just hand me his iPhone. I was like, here, start writing some tweets. Make them funny. Um, and then, of course, when I started my own Twitter and Twitter took off, we both, we essentially just would tweet at each other from the club events because we had enough fun doing that. But Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Or, Inspired by Jake Owen because they had some conversation about the truth in country music. And so Mike wrote a story that was the truth. He took a pill to Ibiza. And it's like they're feeding, you know, country and pop are sort of feeding off each other a lot right now. So I don't even know what kind of line there is. If there's something like Snoop Dogg wanting to do something with Florida Georgia line. I mean, it's crazy what's going on. doesn't yeah. even make any sense. So you just appreciate a good song and a good hook. And there's some things that I like. There's some things I don't like. There's some things like Britney Spears that now I look back on her fondly. Yeah. Well, there's also something nostalgic about music with certain things. Even if you hated a song, when you hear it, you remember of things from that time. So there's always that. 
Uh, when I started doing the club events, I realized real quickly that I needed to just learn to appreciate all music uh, and that no one will ever look at a song the same way as I did. Otherwise, I would have driven myself crazy playing top 40 in hip hop, pop music and hip hop for seven years in a club. Yeah, I had to let it go. I had to let go and just listen. So, no, it doesn't bother me, but if it comes to, like, what concerts I pay tickets for and what concerts, uh, you know, maybe, eh, it's also prices, you know. Oh, yeah. A $20 ticket to go out to the auto bar is one thing. $80 to go to an arena show is another, just in general. Yeah. So, when it comes to what I do, yeah, I'll still go out to the rock shows or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know... If a ticket to see Rihanna falls on my lap, I'm taking it. Oh, yeah. I will never let a free ticket go to waste. Amen. Uh, I just found out a buddy of mine in Boston went to go see Clutch. <gasps> yes. Uh, which they apparently come up to Boston a couple times a year. Uh, and I was like, oh, I moved 400 bands away from, from that city and this band is still following me there. I'm not a Clutch fan. Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, I don't hate them. I just don't care. Okay. Um. So he went to the thing and he had a he had a ticket and nobody claimed it and I was like ah if I knew nobody was gonna claim it I would have just gone instead of I would have gone with you to the show instead of telling dick jokes at an open mic. Yeah, if there was a free free uh, clutch ticket, I would have grabbed that in heartbeat. Yeah. Well, it was clutch I, and I, Lamb of God. Yeah, even yeah. more so. I if yeah if I had realized it was Lamb of God, I probably would have jumped on it faster. But I saw it afterwards and I was like, ah, oh, I hate seeing anything go to waste. Even if it was a ticket to something I didn't like, just for the experience, I might go, unless it's something I hate. Like if somebody said, we got a free Britney Spears ticket, do you want to go, Dennis? I'm like, okay. If no one else will take it, I'll go. I mean, hell, work gave me free tickets to see uh, Natasha Benningfield because they, they knew how much her and I got along when she came to the station to do an acoustic performance. And I was like, I have this extra ticket and nobody else will go. I need somebody else to go with me because me showing up at a Natasha Bedingfield concert alone looks like this. Like I'm here to capture somebody. But meanwhile, if I go with like, like I asked my half brother's half sister to go with me, or any my half brother's half sister. Okay, following. Yeah, um, I asked her to go because I knew she was a fan. I don't hate Natasha Bedingfield, but I asked her to, cause, to go because I knew she was a fan. She couldn't go. I was like, please send one of your friends to go. It's just a free ticket I don't want to waste, too. And I can't go by myself. If I go there with another woman, at least it looks like I got dragged there. Like every other boyfriend and father. If I go there by myself, I look like I'm here to abduct small girls. So you're saying that you didn't get the ticket in time to find a date? I No, I told... Oh, I, well, I did, yeah, not, not to be able to find a date or anybody else to go. I even asked my, <laughs> I even asked my roommate, Jeff, who's a bald-headed... Uh, you know, old school punk skinhead tattooed from neck to ankles. Like, Jeff, go with me. We will both be out of place together and it'll look much more sane than me by myself. He's like, no, not going to do it, dude. Not happening. I was like, no. Wow. But it was still a good concert. And it was like the Veronica's opening up first. So it was like super girly pop the entire time. And you were alone. Oh, totally alone. In your hoodie. Getting hammered on on real whiskey. Wow. Trying to forget that I was even there. Didn't work. Yeah, good. But, okay, so that's productive. When you so you're working at a pop station and an AM AM um, sports station, board hopping. Yeah, doing is, weekends on air. You said. Yep, 1997. 1997. When did you make the move to? It was HFS, your first station in Baltimore. Yes, and it was DC then, really. Yeah, it was Landum. Yeah. It was Landum. Uh, yeah, I made that move 
because I needed an internship and all I ever wanted to do was work for HFS. Like I could tune them in from Gettysburg at night. I could hear Nisi if I pointed the, but she's going to kill me now that I said that. She hates that I listened to her when I was in high school. She hates it more than anything. I could point the antenna just right and, and pick up Nisi overnights. Yeah. And I would like fall asleep, like listening to my tuned in rock music behind my conservative parents back. It was romantic. Um, so I wanted to work there. I knew I wanted to work there. And when it came time for internships, that's where I applied for my internship. So I got in as an intern and then slid them my demo from the pop station and convinced them. Were you still working at the pop station when you were interning? Yeah. Okay. I was working three jo- I was working three jobs then. No, I had three stations. In. I was on the college radio station interning for HFS and working weekends at the pop station. And still held down a job at the college bookstore. Jesus. Yeah, 15 credits that semester too. It was rough, but I made it. I survived. I could do anything. I could do anything! I I remember doing like 20-some credits and working two jobs and still managing bands. It's like, now I look at it and go, well, now now I'm in Boston. I'm like, oh, I only work 40 hours a week and I have no time to do anything else. Right. Meanwhile, when both were here, I was working 70-hour weeks and still doing comedy, still doing everything. And now I don't know, like, I don't know if it's getting older and it's just you. I think so. I think it's just older. You just don't want to put that much commitment into anything because you know what it is, or I don't know. Like I feel like I I I, can't, I don't have enough time to do everything. But when I look at what I used to do, I used to get so much stuff done. I used to be able to go to like four shows a week and hold down this and do that. I don't even. I have no idea now. <laughs> I go to one show a week and I'm exhausted. I. But I'm still going to one show a week. Yes, you gotta go. I I, I, I think we might have a special guest here in a moment. That was one of the dogs trying to sneak in. Penny's trying to get in. Okay, um, but I uh, no, I don't even have time to go to. I don't even know how I used to go to so many concerts because now I don't even have the time. Like I went to one so far this year, and it was Liz Fair Acoustic opening up for Smashing Pumpkins. What year is it in? Yeah, exactly. What right? happened? What? Uh, I mean, I only actually couldn't even care about Smashing Pumpkins. I just wanted to see Liz Fair. I left halfway through Smashing Pumpkins set because like. I just wanted to see Liz, and she was great. But, all right, so, doing the sta- the pop station in Hanover, uh-huh. HFS in Lanham, mm-hmm. uh, just outside of D.C., um, interning for them, doing promotion events, or were you in stu- or were you I was, production I was intern? kind of an everything Because there's intern. different, okay. I helped with the morning show two days a week. All right. Then. Which, at the time, it would have been. That was Graham's World. Was it Graham by himself? Or was it. Be- before. Randy was still with him. It was Graham and Randy. It was Graham and Randy. Graham. Graham? Wasn't Graham Knights then? No. He was mornings. I was there. I promise. No, no, I know. No, it no, was I very short lived. He he Because I remember yeah. uh, he got bumped for the sports junkies right after my internship wrapped up. The sports when was Lou Brutus there? Way before. Was it that early? Because I remember Oh I uh, alright, no. Lou Brutus was there in 1999. When I started there as an intern, it was Graham's World, then Kath. What year did you start there? 2000, 2001? Oh, okay. I was, was I'm thinking it's like 98. Okay, but the, yeah, this is towards the end. You're, was it the last semester of college? Second to last semester. Second semester. Yeah. Okay, so junior in college. Junior in college. Uh, so yeah, so 2000. it was okay, Graham's yeah, so World, Kath, Virgin. That's when I started listening to Elliot. That's why I didn't know what it was. Because I grew up listening to The Morning Crash. Gina Crash. Yeah. Uh, which, trust me, every time that I've met Gina with you guys, I'm pretty sure she doesn't want to know that I listened to her in high school. But, um, so yeah, it was Gina Crash, Alan Scott, and 
somebody else. I listened to them, and then I remember Lou Brutus took on. The only reason I remember Lou Brutus was in 1999 was because that uh, May of 1999 was when the Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars Episode One came out. Yes. And he was doing a contest for tickets to the movie premiere where you had to call in and do your best Star Wars impression. And I left class, snuck out to the payphone, 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 called the station and to do a Chewbacca impression to try and win the tickets. Then he went, ah, oh, dude, I already gave the tickets away, but call me back tomorrow morning. We'll do a recorded bit. And it was just, he was interviewing Chewbacca and I would do the voice. Uh, so I did that the next day, uh, next morning. But so I remember uh, 99. Okay. So it was 2000. Graham went from, did he go from nights to morning or did he start there at mornings? That was before me. Cause I, okay. Because I, I definitely know. did, I also uh, tried to do my internship there at college as his second Guido in a Speedo. Yeah, I was there with Guido. Okay. Guido was part of the morning show. Okay, so this was, alright, maybe I did my internship after you, uh, after you would have, after you finished up. Because mine was I could have been on weekends then. No, after mornings. You know, we've also known each other this long. We've never sat down there to do the mathematics of when we were doing things. We might, so we might have been two (laughs) ships passing at the night down there. I don't know. Well, I didn't get the get the gig. It was uh, he picked a girl and then apparently slept with the girl and then she quit. Uh, But it came down to me, her, and myself, and she was like a she was the first year. Like when he did the thing, it was summertime. I was going to college, working at Home Depot, and whatnot. And I remember when she took the internship. She was going. She was still a senior in high school when we auditioned. He did like a live on air audition. For this is when thing. he was on at night. Yeah. So he must have been on mornings. Wait, what year did you do? That's the problem. I can't remember when that was. I can't remember either. I got to check my resume. It's on there <laughs> somewhere. I still plug it. Josie on HFS. <laughs> always. Hey, when you're part of something that that's cool, you gotta always plug that. Oh yeah. Um. All right. So. You're interning for the mornings, mm-hmm. interning at the station, doing promo events too, I'm sure. No. You never did promotions? No, I did music and I did morning show. And then because I was in with the morning show, Randy showed me some production stuff and that's how I got to know Spam. Okay. And Spam actually had me voicing clients. Hi guys, I'm your favorite fantasies girl. <laughs> that's the best because fantasies is a real place here. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that, that, and then I did Mondo, Bundo. It was like... <laughs> He had me doing all kinds of crazy voices for spots. It was a lot of fun. But that's how I got to know Spam was, yeah, he, he called me in to do the fantasy scroll. Yeah, see, I met Spam at Bad Decisions. John was like, oh, dude, how have I never introduced you to Spam yet? I'm like, Spam? He goes, yeah, hey, he Dennis works for, for DC 101. You work for HFS. You guys talk. I was like, Spam from HFS. I remember listening to you. He was like, oh, really? And then, I guess we're friends? I don't know. I think sometimes Spam doesn't like me, but... I think most people don't like me most of the time. That so. might be your problem. Yeah, that's my, my that's complete total thing. insecurities yeah. in my head. Uh, I can't imagine Spam hates anybody. I don't he's think, the nicest guy in the world. I don't think he's capable. Yeah, he's cap- incapable patron. Uh, however, we'll see what Unless happens. Unless you did something bad to like a cat. Yeah. Maybe. Well, we'll see how that changes now that he's in Florida. But anyway, enough inside baseball talk. So when did HFS hire you? Right after my internship. Oh, that's good. Because mm-hmm. most people do their college internships and then just disappear from the business. Oh, no. I was I was hustling them that day. I was like, hey, guys, you know, hey. And you had enough experience already. You were I doing... had about five or six years at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Five, I think. Which, that's nowadays, 
No, well, first off, no high schoolers getting hired to work at a radio station. Maybe, no. maybe in market six hundred and twenty-three, that might happen. But in York, they took high schoolers as interns, but they were definitely more on the promotions end. Yeah, they didn't let them anywhere near the air studios or anything, remotely close to a microphone. No, 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 no. Well, let's compare when we learned because we're about the same age. Uh, when we were coming up with. Because the big thing for us, entertainment-wise, was radio. That was... I mean, there was also TV, but I think... My phone, people... when I when I started radio, I had the Motorola StarTac with it. I had... Yep. It was cool because I had the T9 text, the predictive text. That was oh. huge, right? My start... My my first StarTac phone, Motorola StarTac, couldn't even text. It was oh, no. just like... It was like the, 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 the numbers came up like how your alarm clock does with the little lines and uh, the dotted lines. That's how my star, my cell phone originally was. <laughs> so, so I think yeah, the, there weren't a lot of distractions in that way. At work, wherever I was, the car, whatever, it was radio, and there wasn't a lot of other options. Maybe <sighs> people had Game Boys. I didn't because my mom was convinced at that time that Nintendo was the devil. And um, were your parents super religious? Yeah. Which which sect which sect of Christianity? The just Lutherans, but my okay. mom has just always been... She's just strict. She's just very strict. Did you have to do, basically, Hydra CD collection from her? Yes, in fact, <laughs> I did. <laughs> and one time, I thought I'd be cool and share with her. I had uh, Brian Adams waking up the neighborhood, and we were listening to that in the car, and there's, like, one time on the whole CD, he drops an F-bomb. But I got it, because that's the one that everything I do, I'll, I'll do for you was yeah. on it. I mean, Three Musketeers. Hardy, but, yeah. So. Oh yeah, that and uh, Edwin McCain's I Will... Oh no, I, I did not like Albie. Okay, well those two were like the two biggest girl songs of our generation. Like Those are the two big romance songs of our generation. Oh yeah, everything I do, I do for you. I, well, there was some My Heart Will Go On. My, uh, Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Yeah, okay. Because that one with Titanic and that was huge senior yeah, year. That that's also big, a big, big love big. song too. But I think it was more... Like, you got Brian Adams, who's a good-looking Canadian man. You had Edwin McCain, who was a chubby, but still kind of, like, attractive-looking in the... Disagree. In, in, in the fact that he's he's an attractive... Being a musician makes him attractive enough. Like, he wasn't ugly enough to be... Okay, fair enough. But it was those two songs that... Those two songs... Are the songs that I imagine every girl in my high school cream themselves to. Mr. Big, uh, I was, that's, that's a little bit... That's a little bit older, but I remember that from middle school. Definitely as being huge. Yeah, that was pretty big. So Okay. Uh, but, all right, let's let's just analyze the difference between... Because you've, you you still run into interns up until a few weeks ago when you were working. You still had, you know, young 20-something-year-old interns at the station. What's the difference between us when we were of intern age in radio and those kids, do you think? They, I think, think that they are more social media savvy. They okay. haven't met me yet, but... Oh, you're the best in the corners. Yes, thank you. That I know personally. Yes, yeah, so thank you. Uh, but yeah, I they... I just don't have the... the I don't have the, the desire to tweet anymore. Like, even at the at the museum, I had to force myself I to I am the only pictures. person giving you feedback on Twitter, let's be honest. And that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're just like, forget it. Only Joe reads tweets. <laughs> um, but, alright. Because when we were doing... Like, if you wanted to be an entertainment personality, even if you wanted to be on MTV, I think... We all, all of the MTV all, people were 
radio DJ. people. Yeah, yeah well, I think you, we all knew that everything started with radio. Yes. But nowadays, kids have so many other options to start entertaining. Like with, well, I guess the other options you got are kids YouTube. out there with YouTubes and Vines. There's that whole damn Daniel nonsense. Those kids got a year's worth of shoes for a seven, second clip on social media. Who's Dan Daniels? Dan Daniel. Who's Dan Daniels? You didn't see that? It was a vine. I'm falling He's... out of... Uh, I am falling... Wow. Starting to, well, since I don't wow, work you're in, getting old. Okay. Well, I don't work in music radio anymore. I work in... I, do, I produce traffic reports. So I'm I'm falling but out of touch with social But that was a huge con. viral thing. It was like, okay. oh, back so at start... it again with the white vans. And because he said, back at it again with the white vans, van somehow caught wind of this vine video, got them on Ellen, gave them a year's worth of shoes... And then there was like a charity thing, like a month later, a whole school full of kids got, everybody's getting white vans, basically. White vans for everybody, except for me. I didn't get any. But. Hmm. It's vaguely sounding familiar. Um, but also, yeah, I don't, since I don't work in, in pop music, I don't pay attention to the pop culture anymore. So, which also wears me out, because if I find something that goes viral, if I come across it, and then I see somebody two weeks after it went viral start talking about it, like majority of the people I used to work with in radio, they'll post about a viral video three days after it was popular. It's like, what are you doing, dude? I'm not even in the culture and I know that you're you're coming to the to the bat late on this. I can defend some of that. I will defend oh, some of that. Oh, okay. Because, no, for as into social media as I am, there are some days where I don't make it onto Reddit or I don't make it onto this or that or, you know, there are days where you lapse on stuff. You've got other stuff to do. Or you're posting enough of your own content. Sometimes that's happened, especially if it's a concert event and I'm posting at a concert. It, you know, it's not till the end of the concert that I would know about anything that's going on in the rest of the world. I'm sort of in that bubble of performing myself where I can't juggle everything else. But so that's the thing. The, most of the people that I used to work with don't post their own content. Content. They're just I'm re- sorry. They're Wait, just, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing wrong? Why do they still have jobs and I that's don't? What, I have no idea. There's so many people on radio that all I see is them regurgitating the same dumb, boring content out there over and over. And it's oh, that's so because... hack and it drives me crazy. Like, they don't even have the time to rewrite the article in their own voice. It's one sentence and click here for more. You might, if they're really ingenuitive, you might get them saying a joke in that one line, which is probably a, an obvious joke that they stole from somebody else on Twitter. And then they went, for more on the story, click here. And that blows my we mind. We had this discussion. We had this discussion when you first started ranting about this. <laughs> we did. I remember it well. Same rant. Every, this is my, my big rant with radio. That's why I'm... I'm uh, after this trip, when I get back to Boston, I'm actively leaving the business. I can't believe you're doing that. Yeah, I haven't really told anybody. This, this will probably... This, is, this is the moment? This might. This is the announcement? This might be the... Well, it's not like my boss listens to my podcast, so I, oh. I, we'll see how far this 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 moment goes. But I'm going to retweet it, so <laughs> somebody might actually hear this. Maybe. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I just can't... I can't do it anymore. And the job I have is boring as hell. Uh, even though it's got me in the SAG after union, which is more imperative to be in that union. Go what are you going to do to keep the union going? Because don't, don't you have know. to keep up a certain amount of hours? I don't know. Can but you I... just fall back to part-time? Did you even ever to... get full-time? Because I know that I am full-time, a... yes. Okay. I, I, I moved to Boston for a full-time job. And about $3 more an hour. Um, and st- still not much. <laughs> so actually... you actually made $3 an hour. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, no, because I'm only working 40 instead of 70, so it basically is the same amount of money I was making working 
radio and Best Buy and waiting tables. Same amount of money, just working 40 hours a week. So I'm still broke, but working less. And I don't make any money from comedy. Does anybody? Few people, but Yeah, like many. three people. Yeah. Well, just well like there's radio. three people who make a lot of money in comedy. But there's people who make a living, 30, 40, 50 grand a year. Um, you know, Cat Williams, I think, boasts making a mil- boasts that he can make a million dollars a year, but that's not... Um, I mean, I'm nowhere near the level of being a professionally paid comedian anyway. So. You do not have a show deal. Well, even, Central. Even, I'm not even good enough. I'm not even a headliner. Um, I'm not even doing 45 minutes or an hour. Even if, if, I, if I had 45 minutes or an hour's worth of material, I could start headlining and getting paid. But also that would require me to get good with the clubs. I don't do club gigs. Mm. I just do bar shows. Most bar shows don't make any money because they're free or the the overhead is so low from, you know, charging five bucks a head just to get people into the back room of the bar to watch a comedy show. And so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're giving up radio because the money that they pay you is terrible, but at least it's money. But you're going to stay with comedy that pays you nothing. Yes, because I'm going to put all my efforts and focus into comedy and podcast. Okay, so what are you going to do for money? I'm just going to get a boring job in a office. But don't you have a boring lights. job in an office with fluorescent lights now doing traffic? Uh, yes. But so hopefully that pays me better. Uh, okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Say what you uh, want to say. Because I, I need somebody to talk me out of this. I wouldn't do it. Okay. As somebody who doesn't have a full-time job in radio right now, All right. don't let it go. Don't let it go. If you're going to trade it, what are your hours? Are you working a split? Because that's really... I'm split, yeah. Oh, that's the only thing that makes it bad is the split. And here's the thing. I don't foresee anyone hiring me. To do radio? Correct. Are you applying for jobs? Do you know where the jobs are? Do you I know have... that there are jobs open in Boston right now? I look, but there's... There the... are jobs open in Boston right now. I can... I guarantee it. I've seen them. Okay. I see everything. All I'm right. looking at everything. All no right. jobs still on I think... right now. Well, here's also the difference between you and me. I could I, I would go to work for a rock station, clearly, obviously easy rock or alternative, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I would do classic rock. because um, I could I can fake it well enough. I know it well enough to fake it. Um, not that I have anything against it, but it's like when those I'm at that we're both at that weird age and music is changing where we what we listened to growing up is now being considered classic rock, partially, but there's still that older oldies and old older rock from before our generation that they're still playing. That I know well enough, but I'm actually not of the appropriate age, which it doesn't matter. I worked anyway. classic hits at 25. Yeah. I don't think it matters. No, it doesn't matter. But for you, it matters? No, it doesn't matter. I would t- still totally do it in a heartbeat. But, but then I don't why know, would you? I don't know if I'm qualified enough to talk about classic rock music. But have we have the internet. internet. I can make shit up. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, would tol- I, would, I would do top 40, even though I'm so far out of the game. Somebody would hire me. I could definitely it would take it. you two days to catch up. Yeah. Um, if that, like just two days of listening. I mean, because it's the same five songs on repeat. Yeah, of course. Um, then I would, I, I, country is the only thing I don't think I could do. I thought that for a long time, and now that's what I'm doing. I considered it. I considered going to a country station. I like it actually. And I like, I it was considered weird. A, it was weird for me. Is it? It was weird for me because I went through that phase in high school where I was very much alternative grunge girl with my docks and my tie-dye and my, my plaid and my flannel and my whatever else was going on in my head that I thought I was so cool. <laughs> we all did. It was so cool. Oh, I did, I did the old school Bill and Ted. Two flannels, one wearing on my shoulders and one wrapped around my waist. Nice. With the baseball cap turned backwards and the tough hair coming out of the front look. of it. Oh, yeah. That's a great look. So... 
I went into radio, I don't want to do, I'm never going to do pop music and I'm never going to do country music and I'm only ever going to be a rocker and I'm only ever going to do alternative. And guess what happened? El Zol. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did take two. No, El Zol, I guess I have to explain that. Right. Uh, just El Zol is what replaced HFS. WHFS classic uh, heritage alternative station yes. got flipped and turned to El Zol, which was a country music station. No. Country music. Sorry, it was a Spanish Spanish station. Sorry. Yeah, and it is still still Spanish. Yeah, um, and then they brought HFS back on a different frequency twice, yeah. and and I still love it no matter yeah. what. Always and forever HFS. Yes, it's a it is a great station. It's a shame that Spam lost his job programming it, but anyway, that's that's a whole idea. different problem for another day. Yeah, one day when I'm in Florida, I'll pull him down for a podcast. Yes! And we'll talk about it. Get him for that. Absolutely. So. I don't even know where we were. Uh, well, this, you were berating me for wanting to leave the radio. Yes, don't do that. I don't know if my heart's in it anymore. But it, it's here's like, the thing. Like, if, if, if your thing is you're going to leave this to go do a boring office job, A, what do you even think you're qualified to do exactly? Administrative assistant? I mean, uh, what, do you, what do you have a degree? Sales? Customer service? You want to go in a, you want to be a sales guy. You're gonna, is it any different than waiting tables? Would you be a radio sales guy? Because there, that is oh, where the money is. What do you mean, no? No, there's definitely... There, that's why it's the, the radio sales business is such a revolving door because there's no money to be made in sales unless you get that one big gig or you hustle a lot. But if I could do just an office sales where I come in nine to five, don't have to worry about, the, the, about anything at the job after I walk out the door. That's not how sales works at all. There's plenty of... Uh, what sales gig? Even when I was selling cell phones at the mall, work followed me home. Yeah, well, work followed me home from Best Buy, too, even though it didn't need to. But that's because it, that's that's more in my own head worrying about it than anything else. If I can make my brain shut off, which if I can make my brain shut off, I would get more than four hours of sleep a night, I'm sure. But I can work harder to try and just not care about the job and put all my focus into podcasts and the blog I'm supposed to be writing at uh, on my website and just doing more content. What do you use for your website? Uh, I'm using domain.com. And I have a WordPress site as well. But I have... So my 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 website, deadardentist.com, is provided by domain.com. And I found a JavaScript generator that pulls the RSS, the visual RSS mm-hmm. feed from the WordPress blog. So when I tell somebody to go to blog, it's deadardentist.com slash blog. And it's all, it's same thing with the podcast, deadardentist.com slash podcast. It's all host in one area. Um, even though the WordPress runs the blog and it runs the RSS feed for the podcast. So you can still go to the Word, WordPress site and find all that, find all this too, the blog and the podcast. But I want it all in one house, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I'm just taking notes. Yeah. Well, dude, if you want help the, uh, with websites, I can help you with that. Um, because they're, uh, I hear Squarespace is really good. Um, I probably shouldn't mention them because they're like the biggest person who sponsors podcasts. <laughs> no, I just gave them free advertising as if anyone listens to this podcast. And if you are listening to this, you're not a nobody. You're special. And I love you. You're my one friend. <laughs> oh, I, so far on iTunes, two positive comments and five stars. Nice. Okay. Great. I just wish more people, more people who listen to the podcast would leave reviews. Because that goes a long way to, to things and stuff. Anyway, so. It's, it's it, alright. For me right now to, to stay in radio, it's like staying with 
an ex-girlfriend. Or not ex-girlfriend. It's like staying with a girlfriend who we've fallen out of love with each other, but we're going through the motions of being together still. Like, we've lived together so long, and everyone thought we were going to get married, but neither of us want to get married. We're both loving each other, but we kind of don't want to break up. That's where I'm at right now. Where I feel like I need to either commit to... I guess if it was to go with the thing, either marry the, marry her or break up and, and start over again. And I think I'm preferred to just break up. Just a dumper. I don't know. Can you ever see yourself getting out of radio? No. I've thought about PR and marketing. I've thought about sales. Mm, but I'm not ready to call it quits just yet. Yeah. I, th- I think there's one or two more things. I think I got one or more, yeah, one or two more things down the line that I think will uh, happen. Well, this is, the, uh, again. I, I just, I, like, I feel like I have a couple gigs left in me, you know what I mean? Like, at some yeah. point, yes, all DJs stop or they have a heart attack on the air at the age of 77 because they're still working. Yeah. I would like to be one of the ones that has a heart attack on the air. Same here, you know, but it, it's not what, it's not what I... That's what well, I want. I'm, I'm not in love with the business anymore. When I watch how many people are terrible on air or terrible at creating content, terrible at, who don't create content at all and just regurgitate TMZ stories every day, you know, or Gawker stories with no interest or spin put on it as their own personality. And I get like the only reason I've gotten the jobs that I've gotten is from somebody's recommendation. And at this point, no one's recommending me for other jobs at this point anymore. And I also don't feel like I literally own the talent enough to be an on-air personality anymore. Like, the few times that I filled in on-air doing traffic reports, I've, re- I've like, I shouldn't shouldn't take this much to shake off the rust for me. You know what I mean? I, st- I have to do three or four takes just to read a minute. Granted, it's a 90-second traffic report, which is a lot long traffic report. That is a long report. Serious XM. Oh, yes. That is yeah. the long report. Um, I will say that. So, to do the f- three, four, five, six takes to try and get that perfect in one take. Now, granted, I could do it and edit it together. If we had cool edit, it would be so much easier. We oh, have you it. have Gold Wave. Yeah. Panic it's attack worst, inducing Gold Wave. The worst program editing program in the world. Like, literally, I begged my boss to just download Audacity because it's so much easier than Gold Wave. And he's like, can't use it. Sorry. Anyway, but I don't think I own the talent. I don't think I have the, 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 the talent I used to when I, st- when I was in my early 20s. So even if somebody got me the job, I don't, I don't feel qualified for a I job I don't think anymore. a recut is a sign that you have too much rust, though. Because... Yeah, it's not rust. It's just I don't, I'm not t- as talented as I used to be. Like, listen to how much I've stuttered on this podcast alone. I'm used to you being drunk when we talk. So I didn't notice. Sorry! I've been sober for five months! Well, longer than that, because I stopped drinking when I moved to Boston, essentially. Good for you. There's yeah. my bourbon. Although I haven't had any today. <laughs> well, I it's mean, almost five o'clock. I'm not sober. Uh, uh, well, now I'm on medication. Oh, we have to talk about that. You're on medication? Yeah. To be sober? Uh, well, you know what? I mentioned it on the end of the last podcast, so the listeners know this. I uh, and we'll, get, we'll, we'll go through me right now. We'll go back to you. Uh, I, uh, I had heart surgery New Year's Eve. Oh. Because I almost had a heart attack and died, so I'm on blood thinner. So I don't, right. I especially don't drink anymore. But when I moved to Boston, I pretty much stopped drinking because I wanted to lower my tolerance because I was drinking this in Boston the same way I was drinking up here. But I don't have the friends who who cut my bill in half, and I'm not drinking two dollar natty bows. 
So yeah. it went from, and also again, drinking 16, 16 beers and three stops of Jameson at night and walking home essentially sober still from the high tolerance. Yeah, that's not good. So walking home sober alone, $100 less in my pocket, I accomplished nothing. So I figured if I'd stop drinking for six months or just cut back drinking for six months, I'll save money because money was super necessary when I first moved to Boston. And two, I'll lower my tolerance. So when I start drinking again, I drink two or three beers and get a buzz. Yay! Mission accomplished. Right. And that never happened. Like, if, if I chug a beer right now on blood thinners, I'll get a bit of a buzz. Because uh, I was in Texas and I, I drank an Alamo, uh, not an Alamo, yeah, Alamo beer. Pretty quickly, about, about five, six minutes, just chugged down the, the last third of it and went, ooh. And then it went away as soon as I got out the door. But, um, Okay. So yeah, so I uh, I don't know how I got on that. I don't know. Oh, not drinking because of medication? Right. Okay, anyway, so yeah, I almost died of a heart attack. We're there on that. I do a ton of jokes about it now. Yay. Oh, but, good. I'm glad it worked out for you as a bit. <laughs> oh, I have at least, I'm trying to write an hour about about the surgery. Just a, about a heart attack. Yes. Uh, an almost heart attack. It's not even a real heart attack. No, it's, it's not. It's I'm, not a full-blown heart attack and you're going to make it an hour bit? Yeah, well, no. Okay. I'm going to try. Right now, I probably... I have 10 to 15 that that's close enough to solid. Okay. Close enough to say it's solid. Okay. Still could could be better, but it's good enough to work. And then I probably have another 10, 15 written down that needs to be worked uh, and worked out and perfected. And then... Where do you work that out? Do you take that to the bar shows? Or... Open mics. Yeah. Yeah. So do work them out at open mics. Like the show, the festival I did here, I found two new jokes doing the show, doing, just doing the routine, just doing it in front of the audience for the festival, knowing everything worked and was just, um, uh, the crowd was hot enough to where I could riff, uh, riff out a line and see what comes out of it. And so I wrote two new tags essentially. Um, and then one joke that I was skeptical about, I found the right wording for it. Cause there, that's, that's kind of key when it comes to jokes and wording things the, the most perfect way. So hold on. So you think you have enough talent to come up with something to say for an hour about something, but you don't think you can do radio anymore. I'm going to psychoanalyze you here. I'm, I'm here as your therapist. You realize it's taken me five months to write ten minutes that I know works. Yeah, but you only need to make eight seconds at a time. Maybe 20 if you have a break going into stop set. No, no, I... Uh... This is such I don't think bits. I... All right, no, I don't think... Oh, no, I know I can still come up with bits. It's the ability to speak for eight seconds without screwing up live. Okay, you need a therapist better than I am to work that one out there. <laughs> because I But again, I, I would like... prefer not to be in front of a live crowd like that, I think. I don't know. I would never do stand up. Well, I would never say never, but I think I'd be better at improv. Well, doing doing performing in front of like doing stand up or you're there by yourself on a microphone talking to a room full of people that are likely to boo you or walk out. How is that any different than... I mean, you've had... Because you don't a, see them change the channel. But no, you've hosted a live event, I'm sure. Yes, tons. But I don't have to do jokes. I just have to say, hey, how are you feeling tonight? Everybody doing all right? Ready for this band? You don't, So you, you consider hosting, interviewing a band and hosting as being different than stand-up? Yes. I mean, fundamentally, or I mean, like logistically, logistically, they are the same because I'm up there telling jokes. But it's not that much different. Like I feel comfortable on stage doing stand up because I was hosting in front of audiences before. So for me, to go on stage and start talking. No, in I front love of people, hosting on stage. 
love hosting on stage. All right. Absolutely. So, so could you, if, if I, before you went on a stage, I said, hey, I need you to mention these things. Do you feel confident enough to be able to recall those things before going out there? Like announcements like, hey, don't take the brown licorice and uh, tomorrow. If here. it's that simple, yes. If it's a full sponsor mention, then obviously I got to take a card. But who doesn't? I mean, okay. to do like the whole thank you for calling. And this is their website and this is their, you know, someone like a full sponsor mention. So obviously, no. But if you, it was just like, remember to tell people to buckle up on the way home and tip your servers and, you know whatever then yeah like, that's easy do you feel confident enough to go out in front of a crowd with a pre-written two minutes of of things you have to mention you don't have to say it verbatim it was like here's you're gonna be out there for two minutes in front of this crowd uh, of this audience who's waiting to see lives lives rethrown copper tour or whatever you're gonna enter the band and i need to say these things you're gonna be up there for two minutes i give you the list of things you have let's say an hour to memorize them Oh, I have an hour to memorize them. An hour to memorize them. Then that would be okay. But yeah, no. So you don't. So you you see that as being different as going out in front of a crowd of people and telling. Because I'm not trying to get them to laugh. Minutes. No, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm telling you. You don't have to come up. I'm with telling them things that they need to do. Like you, you have time. I'm to a sit. good informer. Like, <laughs> I I don't uh, telling jokes is. In front of people is no different than saying anything else in front of people, I don't think. Like, granted, the objective is to get the laugh, and when they don't laugh, you feel terrible inside. Based on my Twitter account, I'm not sure I'm great at one-liners. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not sure. Anytime I try to throw a one-liner out there, it, I'm the worst one-liner in history, don't it, worry. It dies. Yeah, I'm the worst one-liner writer in history. I don't, I don't do one-liners. I talk about me. And, you know, like, I think when somebody, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if I go out there and tell jokes, and they don't, laugh at the jokes, I don't fault my performance, I fault my writing. Huh. You know what I mean? So, go I just, on, I'm... Like, I would need a writer. You, you tell I me, would need somebody to ghostwrite. So you don't think you're funny at all? I don't think I'm funny. Okay. Alright, then that's the I think difference. I'm quick. I think I'm witty. I think I can be smart and sarcastic, but... Yeah, you just, ha, you just write that down funny? and recreate it every time. I, I make it sound easy, and it's not easy. I was I know. Say, this is a process. Don't people go to, like, classes for this? No, no, the classes don't help, apparently. I just they took don't. a workshop over the weekend and with my buddy Jim Meyer, and I think Jim's brilliant, but he didn't say anything that I haven't read or heard anywhere else in any other classes. And the reason I went to classes, I was trying to get other... I was, like, uh, we four people for, came down from Boston for this festival with me. Not with me, but five of us came down to do this festival. Are they all crashing at your mom's or just you? Nope, just me. I'm not that nice to the rest of them. Okay. They're lucky I picked them up. Well, no. I offered to pick them up from the hotel and drive them to the, to the shows. And they're like, eh, you know, I'm good. I'll walk. It's like, it's a 25-minute walk. I'll pick you up. Strangers taking a 25-minute no. walk through Baltimore? Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, through Hamden, too. Because it was uh, the Doubletree night there near Hopkins. So it's not that terrible of a neighborhood. Okay. Okay, no, that's not bad, um, then. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I uh, I don't look at being on stage telling jokes as any different of a skill than saying anything else in front of people. But you have to be funny. I have to oh, I, the, the, I have to write the funny jokes, yeah. Yeah, that's... I can't write... If I say something that's funny, then I say something that's funny and it happens, but... Yeah, you just write it down and you say it again. <laughs> you make it sound so easy, but no. No, that's it's not how it works at all. No, it's definitely not easy. Okay, so let's... let's... Okay, so are you staying in radio? Have I convinced you to stay in radio? 
I don't... Have I at least convinced you to stay at that job until you actually find a next job? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to quit. Okay, okay. Just making sure. I'm so not going to quit without like a job. I'm putting in two weeks tomorrow. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not quitting the job until I have a job. I know better than to do that. Um, I don't. Because I don't have the money to survive not uh, survive unemployment. I don't know what Metro pays up there, but I know what it paid down here. And I'm just wondering, can you find an entry-level gig that is going to pay you that much that will make up for it? Oh, I think I can find. Uh, I uh, I think I can find an entry level office job that pays better. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm positive of that. But you know, once well, you're I get out, hired for it's it, really I hard know. to get back in. And that's, you have to convince people who are grown ups in a real world with suits that you're also a grown up person, even though your resume says radio all over it for the past ten or fifteen years. Yeah, that is the tough part. You gotta convince them that you're. And I know, but you're a functional adult and a member of society. I'm just not ready for that in my life. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is a reaction to being 35 and still feeling like I'm in my 20s and freaking out over that. No, see, I like that. <sighs> I don't. I don't know. 25 forever. I would love to be 25 forever, but I feel like when I see well, at 35, I hang around a lot of 20 year olds in comedy. And I will look at other, the other people who are my age are much more farther along in their careers than I am. Uh, so they're, and they're also, most of them have families. So I'm at the point where I'm 35, living with two 28 year olds, paying rent. And I'm one step away from having to go back to a job with a name tag just to make sure I make ends meet. Like I'm doing well enough that, now, that would, but I'm not going to Isn't that the radio that. dream? That, I mean, that's what 99% of. Radio is. We don't all get Seacrest gigs. No, I don't need a Seacrest gig. I need a. Dog. I need a Seacrest gig. What are you talking about? <laughs> I would somebody, love a Seacrest gig. Please, I would please, love <laughs> somebody hear this and give me one. I would love one, but I, I'm fat. I'm, I'm happy enough just making a comfortable living. I'm not making a comfortable living. I'm but making, neither am I. I'm still. That doesn't mean I don't want. But also, Seacrest here's the problem. Gig. If I maybe I feel different. I was if I was still on the music side of things. I'm not. Like I miss all all the the, the little things that we we, we, we get artists like, yeah seeing artists in. meeting mm-hmm. artists even if I don't like them meeting somebody somebody else cares but like the only reason I started taking pictures with artists and posting them on Facebook is because I know other people enjoy seeing those things or but you didn't enjoy it yourself I enjoyed seeing the people that I liked okay but I didn't enjoy like when I met um when I met and did sound for like Craig Morgan I don't care. Uh, I don't care about Craig Morgan when I get to meet him and do the sound for him. Okay, yeah. This going to church on Sunday song sounds really great, dude. Okay. You know, but uh, outside of that, I don't care. Excuse me. Thank God I get to edit this. But. <laughs> okay, alright. Do you think you're coming from that, from the perspective because you're out of it right now for the most part? Because you're kind of between jobs? I'm between I mean, full-time granted, jobs, but I'm certainly not out of it. No. I mean, I have the part-time job, the freelance stuff. I have hope right now. So, as long as I still have that, then I'll keep going for the full-time job. Yeah. Once unemployment runs out, it's a different story. Yeah. But, for now, all I want is another job. Yeah, like I know in that. Music, in, like, in the music side of things. I don't know. I think I want to get back. I, do, I definitely want to get back to the music side. But if you're in with Clear Channel, can't you like network to somebody, something? 
But I'm not even in the same building as that. We're all Oh, you by guys ourselves. are in different buildings? When I first moved there, we were in the same building. And then we moved two blocks down the street to our own building by ourselves. When you do this, are you going to stay in Boston or are you coming back? Oh, I'm going to stay, stay in Boston. Oh, you want to stay in Boston? Yeah, the comedy the comedy situation is better there. And if I huh. leave... My, my, my plan for comedy right now is when I finish up uh, in Boston, when I'm ready to leave Boston, it's going to be moved to L.A. Okay. I would love it to be. I would love if I could pick up and move to Austin, Texas, right now after going there two months ago. Like I kind of fell in love with the city with the thirty-seven hours I was there, nice. especially the comedy scene. However, I'm getting too old to start over in a new city. Couldn't you parlay the radio to the new city? Couldn't I, you find a, an open gig that. in LA or an open gig in Austin? Oh yeah, I'm not gonna. Well, that, that was the other thing that is. See, well, then why would you give this up? Because if there, see, it could take you where you want to be. Yeah, it took me to Boston. That's the only reason I went to Boston is because I could get the job there. Okay, well then, I, wouldn't my, you when I moved to Boston, LA? that I'm not going to move to LA until I know I can transfer my job to LA, and it's easier to transfer to traffic in LA than it is to try and pick up a weekend shift at a, at a station in LA. You're right. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying don't give it up yet. At least get to LA first. Well, if I, I don't know. What are you going to do? Transfer your sales gig at the mall to LA? Well, and... if I get comfortable enough just doing any 9 to 5, then I would take any 9 to 5 when I get to LA. Or when I move to LA, maybe I could switch to doing comedy full time. I know people out there. I know a few people too. I don't know. I mean, they're all much farther along in my comedy career. So they're not going to be like, yes, Dennis, now at this point you're, you're, you're able to be a full time uh, money paid comedian, but... Still gonna be a grind out there. Anyway, I'll take whatever. I don't know. All right, it breaks so, my heart to think that you would give it up before it gives up on you because I think you should just wait until it gives up on you. Yeah. All right. To go when back it comes to the to radio, I think you should wait for it to give up on you. To come back to the 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 girlfriend analogy, the, it, it's maybe I'm willing to break up with it before I know it's gonna break up with. I'm willing to dump radio before I know radio is gonna dump me because I. So do I'm know. saying hold out. I'm saying hold out. Stay with her. Say so let her dump you. I was just dumped, and all I want is is another job. All right. Well, this is a good talk because you're you're at that point right now. I'm at that point right now where all I want because I know is if I get fired from my job, job, I'm positive no one's going to rehire me. No one's going to hire me. Like if I get thrown, if I I know if I leave the business, whether I choose to or not, I'm never going to be able to get back in, unless I become Louis C.K., which that's never going to happen in comedy. Which I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm saying wait until she kicks you out. Wait until she gets it. Wait until she puts herself out on the curb and lights it on fire. She's crazy like that. <laughs> she do it. That radio. She is a. a she is a oh, crazy yeah. mistress. She is crazy. She will do that too. <laughs> the radio. It's like the sea. Ah. Uh, she is a wicked mistress. Uh, okay. All right. Well. Right now, I'll. I'll Think about it. I'll think about it. I I have more to think about now than I did before. I think you should look at jobs. Because it's rough to walk away. I think you should look at jobs. I think you should look at jobs and places you want to be because you actually have that ability at 35 to still be single, to not be attached to somebody, to still follow your dreams. Why would you give up on the thing that could possibly launch you? It could still possibly launch you. It could at least get you to the next city. It got you that far. It got you to Boston. It could get you but also is to Boston, the next place. I don't know where we're at in Boston's market level number. Did they drop below DC now? Who's like DC? I think it, seven. DC is DC seven. I think Boston's eleven. It's, just, it's still top twenty. 
Yeah. Even top 25, honestly. I mean, Baltimore's 22. Right, so. that's what I'm saying. Well, Depending on where you look at, because I was doing Baltimore and D.C. at the same time, this is a step up slash step back. It's, Going to Boston, yeah. Yeah, I would say anything over 25 is good, no yeah, matter what. Of course. I mean, anything over 100 really isn't that bad either. Anything in the lower 100, yeah. I mean, it's still... I mean, York was... When I started York, I think it was like 101, and now it's down to like 111 or 112. So less people in York. But it doesn't make any sense because the area's been growing crazy. Hmm. I think it's just other places are growing more. Okay. That makes sense. But it did drop a few. But it's still... that's. I mean, that's a decent college-sized town. It's still... DJs make enough money to survive. DJs are still respected in the community as sort of a D-list celebrity. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, anything above that, it's... You know, when you're looking at jobs and you spend a lot of time looking at jobs... You will always see job openings in like Iowa and like weird places, Alaska, places where the weather is terrible. And I don't think anybody who's not from there wants to be there for any longer than yeah. a year or two just to do stuff. And I've Kansas, I've seen a lot of job openings in Kansas through the years, just constantly job openings in Kansas. You know, somebody needs to fill those spots, but... When you have a mortgage and a fiance and family in the area and stuff, that's one thing. Or if you're a single dude who's already left his hometown, then, you know, I'm not saying go to Kansas City, but look at least at the places you want to go. Yeah, I mean, if I was 25, I'd go to Kansas City. Maybe. Because if, if, if I put radio in front of comedy, right now comedy is the number one thing in my life right now. Uh, radio is my day job that pays my bills. I just feel like at this point I need a job that pays better bills. Anyway, mm. point being, let's talk about that because you brought up the D-list celebrity thing. Do you still find people are excited by when they find out you work in radio? Because for me, anytime I, I I very rarely would tell people I worked in radio. It's like it wasn't my opening line. Like certain people I worked with, like. Hey, how you doing? I'm Sammy from the Kane Show. Yeah. Or I'm Eric from the Kane Show. It's like, all right, back off. Like, not at, at non-radio station events. Like, when they're off the clock, that's how they introduce themselves to people. It's like, uh, me, I would not, I would wait until somebody, and I would never tell them that I did anything, because this is essentially the conversation was like, so what do you do? Oh, I work in radio. Really? Uh, see, here's what I would light do. up a little bit, mm-hmm. and then, especially when it would come to women, like at a bar. Mm-hmm. I was like, so are you on air? I'm like, I do. I work behind the scenes, or I'm a producer of this. I'm behind the scenes, or this. Oh, even people yeah. who would not, who would be like, "Oh, I don't listen to radio anymore." They still had a little excitement in their eyes when they found out I worked in radio. Do you do you find that the same way? Is it? I yeah, to the point where I buried it. I didn't even like not lead with it. I buried the lead. Where do you work? Oh, I work in an office. <laughs> oh, where? Oh, you know, off of this street. Oh, which one? What building? <laughs> oh, you know, this one. Oh, what do you do there? I'm in radio. <laughs> what? 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 Uh, because, because guys got creepy. Oh, because, okay. All right, let's talk about that. Oh, because creepy for, guys. For guys, and especially, my like, everyone always told me that I need to lead with that, with women. I'm like, mm, no, I don't feel comfortable doing that for multiple reasons. One, I feel like, uh, especially since my job in radio has never been that prominent, even when I was doing stuff on air at 104.3, or even the few times I did weekends at DC 101, it was never enough for me to be like, 
to consider myself boasting or whatever, like, hey, I'm a jug at DC 101. Maybe I'm a big deal. Like, even if I told them I worked there and they're like, oh, so do you have a different name on here? Because I've never heard of Dennis. I'm like, no. No. I'm on in the overhead. I'm on from 3 to 4 a.m. Like, even when I was producing Jackson's show and I, two days a week, and I had a, my own 60-second segment at 6 in the morning, 6.20 in the morning, I could, I could tell, oh, I do this. I'm like, Oh, never heard it. Okay. So I was like, there's a lot of humbling for me. But as a woman, how has that been different for you? Because I should be using it as a selling point to people. I don't... I, you don't need... Well, as a woman, you don't need to welcome guys like, so, uh, I work in radio. Yeah, I You're know. Like, no, you don't I need to do I didn't that. have a problem picking up guys without mentioning radio. Yeah. But I can tell you two friends of mine who have gone through divorces married listeners and when they lost those gigs the like wife specifically went, listeners not just casual listeners but like fans listeners yeah yeah like i listen every night to the point where i'm gonna like you know meet you at a bar sometime to hang out kind of oh, thing wow. right so like if you're like oh i've heard of hfs listener i think that's fine but the, the, oh like people Marrying. that like they would you know come to events and get to know you and then start dating you and blah 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 yeah oh, when Marrying they lost their gigs pigs. yeah well I don't think they were that bad but they were definitely fans they yeah. married fans and somehow magically within a year or two of losing the gig that that person was a fan of they split no surprise there okay so I mean do I know these two people by the no way? you don't okay, actually right. okay I don't think you know either one personally anyway okay but no they're they're great guys it just they married listeners. And that's, I don't know. I just don't think that that's a good, it's one thing, it's a casual listener. Oh yeah, I heard of your station. Oh, that's kind of cool that you do that. But it's another thing where they're like seeking you out. So I tried online dating after my first divorce and tried not to mention radio because the one time I did, the guy went crazy and was like, he listened to me before we went out and was like regurgitating stuff to me. And it was frightening. It was frightening. It was like, why are you saying things back at me? I said at work. Like, you know, I wouldn't go to your job and read your memo aloud to you. Why are you asking me why I said something or... So he, he was asking you specifically about things That on happened air. on the air. Oh, wow. And I got kind of freaked out. Did your fiancé now listen? He... Or, well, when you were at Miss? He's also in radio. Oh, is he? Yes. Oh, okay. I met him... When I was doing traffic. You see why traffic is such a good thing? I met, <laughs> I met a whole husband doing it. And yeah, but by actually, I, I met two husbands doing it, but I already divorced one of them. Um, <laughs> Can I ask? Because I was brought up. <laughs> I have to do it for my own record keeping. And if you, if you, I hope you don't stop me. Is this? This, this is be, three, right? This, yes. Okay. All right. I didn't want to. I didn't want to make a deal of it. I just wanted to keep track of my no, own records. No, it's funny. We laugh about it. <laughs> we laugh about it because you know what else can you do? <laughs> but that's the uh, the conservative upbringing. You know, you don't live. You don't live in sin. You don't live. Well, you also don't. Well, you live in a. If your if your upbringing is conservative, you're going to be very liberal. Like you, everyone rebels against what they what they grew up with. So, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah. So anyway. Yeah, so he and creepy I guys, met. Guys. He and I met. Well, he was the producer for the Ed Norris Show on 105.7. Oh, okay. I was the traffic girl. Okay. And we've known each other since, and uh, things lined up eventually. That you know, whatever happened, happened. Now here we are. 
Oh. Going down the aisle a third time, everybody. Oh. Uh, and figuring out how to how to pay for that wedding. Yeah. At this point. But, right. Okay. That's so a whole other problem. Other, like, when you met a guy who wasn't a fan, did they become fans? Like, what, uh, have you I had... would say, honestly, that uh, Dave is a rock and roller. Mm-hmm. And I don't think previous to our relationship, he would have been listening to pop, you know, at all. Or adult contemporary or whatever it is. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, he would listen. We have uh, we had a radio in the kitchen where he would be cooking dinner and listening. So, I mean, he listened because it was me. Yeah. I don't think he's... Actually, the radio's not even in the room anymore. <laughs> we moved it, so I don't think he's listening right now. Well, you know, with the new iHeartRadio app or the Q&A radio app, you can listen to the radio. Yeah, we have that. He actually, he yeah. listens to podcasts, and we have a little speaker that you can plug the little phone into on the okay. on the media stand. All right, so, but as a woman, when you would do station events, did you... I definitely got a few people who wanted to come up and take pictures. Yes. Okay. They definitely came there specifically because I was there and they wanted their picture with me. And I'd say 99% of them are actually pretty cool people. Uh, I did become friends with one of them just outside of, of work because we had a lot of music and stuff in common. He actually has a lot of stuff in common with Dave and they kind of were chit-chatting at one of my events or whatever. And he's become a really good friend. Okay. So That's good. I'm not, I'm not against Wait, friendships you... with people, but relationships, nah, no. Well, have you ever felt... Endangered at a station event because of creepy listeners. Because trust me, if I did an event and a woman was a fan of mine, which never existed, I don't. <laughs> I I think my man brain is supposed to be like, yeah, yeah. That's when what I know my personality would be do. like. What, I grew up in Dundalk. I can spot. I can smell crazy. Like I I know just from growing up near crazy that like this is gonna be a bad situation. But I know as a man brain, I'm supposed to like that thing. I know it's got to be different than for for a woman, because it can't be that much different than women in comedy, which you have no perspective of. But I, I've been asking that question a lot to female okay. comedians. Uh, I would say danger. Uh, there's been some lingering. There's been some awkward moments. But I've also been kind of a paranoid person, so I I've always done things like park my car around somewhere else, mm-hmm. or like uh, I did an appearance at Value City Furniture. <laughs> Hey, how you doing? Uh, the one that's over a white hey, try those beds. Right? Honestly, it was their, their mattress store promotion. So I had an appearance there. And there's a Target right down the street, like, across the parking lot, basically. So after that event, I went to Target before going home. Like, it, nobody was there to spook me. There was nothing to make me think I wasn't safe. I just already have it ingrained in me to not be obvious. Okay. So... Or, like, you know, throw on a coat and sunglasses and then go out. Yeah, I just, I've always sort of been paranoid about that happening. So I've always taken steps so that it won't. But I've definitely had been, people linger a little too long or something like that where, you know, it's been awkward. But nothing dangerous. Okay. Well, let's dive a little more deeper into this so, you know, that the next... I think the most dangerous, (laughs) the most dangerous thing I ever did was... Um, when I was on the show on Mix with Priestley, he had said something that upset One Direction fans. <laughs> and we had a legion of One Direction fans just dive bombing in on us. That was crazy. They were crazy. They were 
Local and, or national One oh, Direction fans? I don't even know. Uh, there, there was a lot of stuff coming in from different area codes, so I'm assuming it was sort of national. But it ended up not being a big deal. But that was the first time, I think, I learned the important lesson of fandoms. I mean, I know geek fandoms. I know your comic book fans. I know your whatever, Star Trek versus Star Wars nonsense. No, it's really Battlestar Galactica. No, Firefly's better than all of them. Shut up. Like, I have those memories. Those are memorized. I know those battles. But this was like, Harry's better than Louis, better than something craziness i just i, I couldn't like, this sounds like a little abner character names like not pop star names but no, i get you <sighs> even growing up like i was a fan of new kids on the block and i had a favorite but it would have never occurred to me to fight somebody for fight being a somebody... jordan fan even though you're a donnie fan right or I, it, it wouldn't occur to me yet. to go out of my way to talk to somebody i don't know about it in a, in a crazy way like threatening way so it took me back a minute because it was just like, whoa, these kids are serious. Wow. Like, somebody's mom needs to be checking their accounts <laughs> to see what they're posting. Either that, or if they are grown-ups, they really need to temper their enthusiasm into something maybe more productive than how much they love One Direction specifically. So you, the only time you felt truly threatened was by 13-year-old girls who are Harry Styles fans. Yes, they were, in fact, Harry Styles fans. <laughs> Thank he you very much. He is the cutest. Oh, oh, God. He just cut his hair. Did you know? He just cut his ponytail. Oh, my God. That was just a day. He, uh, and how did TMZ not call you about that, that story It was today? on today's, but I, <laughs> I, I, I took the Prince story. Yeah. Um, but, oh, when in doubt, go with Prince. Always. I would rather, yeah, I was more passionate about Prince than Harry Styles' ponytail. <laughs> Sorry. All right, but let's talk about let's let's go deeper into the subject that's going to make all the neckbeards turn this off. Um, being a woman in radio, yay! Like, have you how have you felt? I don't want to say marginalized. I don't want to go with dumb dumb uh, dumb questions. But do you feel that you've been treated? Are you more worried being a woman in radio? Is that do you feel like you're at a disadvantage than men? Because we both know the standard. Morning show. We got the the weird. We got the 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 cis male uh, uh, offensive guy, and then they got the girl who's always like, "Oh boys," you know, like that format happens every day across the country. Like, does that bother you seeing that? Like, I mean, you've had enough enough success as a woman, but when was the last time there was a on rock, AC, or pop? A successful female-led morning show. Crash? Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll just shout I'm out I'm 100%. Like, dude, Gina uh, Crash and Alex got or part of the reasons why I got on the radio. And, and I, I would I say, told that to even her on, face. Uh, even on her current show, she's still pretty strong. I mean, it does say Greg and Gina, but... Yeah. Well, they she's have to pair not, up with a man. She's not like a Is giggle box. Mornings? Is it morning? Yeah. It's, uh, one, it's light, right? 101.9. Yeah. yeah. I've, I only know that because of the tweets. I'm, I'm glad she's back in Baltimore from New Jersey. Because uh, where she was last? Philly, Philly? Allentown, yeah. Okay. She was kind of over that way. Because um, she was voice tracking HFS when it came back. Yes. Uh, from up there. And then I, one day I just realized in the tweets that she was back in Baltimore doing Light 102. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 101.9. Today is 101.9. Well, it, it, it will always be Light 102 to you. I it'll always be Light 102 to me. It'll always be Mix 106.5. And it'll always be the Balmer Arena, not Rural Farms Arena or whatever they want to call it today. I call it Rofo Arena. 
that does sound much cooler than Baltimore Arena, yeah. but it's still the Baltimore Arena to me. Okay. Anyway, but Rofo Arena does sound so much cooler. I like it. Rofo, ro- when you say Rofo, it sounds so much cooler than essentially a, a chain of convenience stores that's the Wawa. Uh, that, that I think that maybe that's what hips it up. That's what hips it up. Yeah. Rofo, Wawa, Sheets. Yeah. What they think Royal Farms is just Wawa with a meth addiction. <laughs> but we and all less love bread it. choices. They have less bread choices. Wawa has way more bread than. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, no. Just like a normal person has more teeth than a meth addict, Wawa has more more bread selections than Royal Farms. Okay. But Royal Farms <laughs> have burger cookies, so. <sighs> burger cookies. Have you had some since I, you're back? I did. Good. I had to go off my diet for them. Um, it's worth it every time. Oh, it's totally worth it. A hundred percent. That the two things that I cheated on my diet was that was worth it was Matthew's pizza and the burger cookies. Mm. And I had a bell. Well I had the well I had a bell with the with the Matthew's pizza. Well, you got to. Of course. So anyway, let's talk about that though. Being a woman in radio, like is it do you feel like or not even you yourself, you you've been pretty successful. But have you do you see being a woman in the in, in the field still is a disadvantage? I think the one place where it can still get to you is when they're when they're casting the whole station. There doesn't seem to be an issue with having two guys in a row, but especially in a rock format, two girls in a row is something that doesn't happen often. And I would say the other thing that doesn't happen often that I would love to personally do is to be on a female-fronted or dual-female morning show. I would love to do that. I've talked to some friends about it in the past. I wish that we were in a position where where we really could get that going. Um, that would be a lot of fun. I think that there's a place for that just as much as there's a place for anything else. Like, why does it have to be two guys and one girl? Or why does it have yeah. to be well, it's four be guys and two with, girls? With Diane! Yeah. yeah. I mean, but that's... I think that's an individual problem, not a radio as a whole problem, but then it becomes... Sort of an overall thing. But that's up to each individual program director what they want the cast of their station to look at. If you look at us as as actors or talent or presenters. Um, and I would love to see some of those barriers come down. I don't necessarily know how, you know, dated those ideas are. Why does it have to be? But I do know females who are doing like one male, one female. I did a morning show that was one male, one female. And he was sort of the lead guy. I was news, traffic, and comment. Was that in Harrisburg? That was the the York one. The York one. The peak, yeah, which is now... Before you came back yes. to Baltimore. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you, so were, the, I mean, you were the co-host, co-host, and then I use finger quotes not because I think you you weren't important, well, but did you feel marginalized to him? Did you not feel, because I was, was a woman. Not because I was a woman. I came in okay. to a partner who had... His previous co-host was there 12 years, and he had been in that position on the station doing mornings for, I think, about 27 years at that point. Okay. So I don't feel marginalized as a woman, but I did feel like I had big shoes to fill, and I had, um, I grew up listening to him. So I didn't feel marginalized, but there was definitely a respect. So I wouldn't, but I, marginalized isn't the right word. I mean... But it would be like, of course he had more endorsement clients. He was there for 30 years. Not because I was a woman, I didn't get any endorsement clients. It was just that kind of stuff. So I don't think that had anything to do with being a woman. 
I think the only thing I've really come across is when I'm applying to a show and there's already a woman on the show, are they going to cast the next person to be a male or female? What's their mix? Like, I've actually applied to jobs and then gone and looked at the station to see, okay, it's a male-female morning show, but they have a female in a middays, so if they're hiring for afternoons, I don't know if they would even take me, but they would definitely take me for nights if they put a guy in afternoons. And it's sort of that format where whoever is in middays is, is kind of every other from there, no matter what the cast of the morning show looks like. Yeah, because I can't think of very many, like, it was just in the rock world, are there any women that do afternoon drive? Because they're usually stuck in the middays. Amelia did it on 98 Rock. She's doing it now on 98 Rock. No, yeah. oh. did it. She's doing it. That's middays. right, they did move her to middays, too. Right. Uh, afternoon I drive, I mean, not specifically, females. but if you think about how many stations are across the country. How many stations across the country even have uh, an afternoon drive female-only show? It's few and far between. I'm drawing a blank, honestly, but I'm if the, there was an got... afternoon drive opening for a solo female out there right now, I'll take it. Call yeah. me, please. <laughs> uh, in a heartbeat. You know, but I think that's just a matter of balancing casting. But yeah, the when you have two guys in a row and it's not looked at as it's... odd, but having two females in a row, a programmer would at least stop and think about it. Do I want two females in a row? And then... I guess it would come down to how different you are from the other female. Maybe, in my case, I would play well against somebody with a deeper register. Like, if Nisi had middays, or if Amelia had middays, or when, when Sarah had middays. You know, where they have that, and I'm more of this bubbly, sort of, chihuahua. Oh, <laughs> I'm sort of a chihuahua. And they, you know, have these voices I would kill for. I would love to have deep, bassy Sexy pipes like that. By the way, speaking of pipes, I haven't had a cigarette in six weeks, and I don't know yet if it's affected my voice. I haven't heard a difference. Yeah, I don't know if the like that that gravel gravelly because my voice sounds nasally to me, but everyone else is like it's very memorable and it sounds like gravelly, uh, which it is. I hear the gravel. Yeah, I don't hear the nasal. Uh, To me, it sounds like a truck full of screaming babies crashing to a nitroglycerin factory. But okay, (laughs) I mean, I'm fine with my own voice. I just feel like you know. But if it was another more of the upbeat female that was already in middays, yeah. would they put another upbeat female against back to back? I don't see why it matters. If you're doing compelling content and the listeners are engaged and you have a likable personality and you have name recognition, then I don't think it should really matter where you are in it. And I hope moving forward, the programmers with the more antiquated thoughts about that will reach retirement age and uh, get their golden parachutes and sail away. <laughs> well, we are getting closer to that, I hope, in itself. Because, I don't know, I've never really thought... I've never thought of women as being less talented than anything than men. And it's being in a word position that we're fighting for that now. Because to me, in my head, like, I've, I've grown up amongst much you know, patriarchy and bullshit like that. But I don't know if my eyes were ever as open to it as, as it is now because I'm definitely not a feminist. And when I hear most feminist rants, I just roll my eyes like, ugh, you're so wrong. But I'll never treat a woman differently for being a woman. Um, and I have a hard time feeling Like, when I hear, because I'm starting to hear a lot more of it in comedy from women about how they feel uncomfortable, threatened, marginalized, this and that. I was like, I just think comedy, one, is a more male-driven field than female. Like, yeah, it would be great if we had more female comedians in it being open and true to themselves instead of, like, feeling like they need to be gross and dirty 
and one of the boys. It's fine if they are, but sometimes it's forced. You can tell the difference. Um, but to hear a woman go, I never grew up with any female comedy figures. I literally, and I've said this before in the podcast, when I was a kid, I literally wanted to grow up to be Lucille Ball at one point. Who but, doesn't? I, I mean, that's everybody. Right. Like, I grew up with Jane Curtin as one of the, uh, watching Jane Curtin as being one of the best straight men, uh, comedy straight men in the history of comedy and never ever thinking differently of it. Um, and Lu- Rita Rudner and, and others, um, Joan Rivers and stuff like that. Like, Joan Rivers is probably the closest comedic icon to our, what we do in radio. So to hear, like you had female, uh, well, Nisi was one of them. You right, had female had, icons. Uh, Again, I Robin think, Quivers. Robin Quivers. Nisi. Yep, you said that. Nisi. Uh, you have any white female? <laughs> crashy. Yeah. Gina Crash. Yeah. And again, um, me being a guy. Sarah Fleischer, 100%. Uh-huh, and yeah. then in uh, Central PA, oh, I'm drawing a blank on her name, and I love her. What is her name? Jen Shade. But those are all- Oh, that is a cool name. Yeah, Jen Shade. She's cool. She's real cool. I'm, I'm happy that I work in like a voiceover thing with her. Like I got excited. We were on the same spot. Oh. I was so excited. <laughs> because I listened to her growing up as a kid. So yeah, there are definitely, I would even say, a, a strong mix of female role models. But those role models are, especially when it's like somebody like Sarah Fleischer. I mean, that's a benchmark. Somebody like Robin yeah, Quivers. Sarah was a, with that's a Rob benchmark. Like 30- Sarah started at 90 Rock before either of us was born. Yeah. yeah. And she just retired, and right? And then, um, yes. And but, but she's she's still hosting and doing stuff. I was at Project Runway with her. She was she was part yeah. of that event. Okay. So that was really cool. She was the MC, and so she got to announce me on stage, and it's just always like, even though I know her now, it's still in the back of my mind. Oh, my God, it's Sarah Fleischer. Oh, my God, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Like this, I nerd out over it. It's great. Um, you know, what was Paul Jack Runway, by the way? Because I saw so, the tweets, and I saw the tweet of you and Justin. Um, <laughs> Justin Schlegel which, and why, his Why is Justin not on social media anymore? What did he do? Like, he canceled all his social media. He does everything for the show now. It, the the show accounts is where Oh, he so he only does, a, only he does, does the show, show accounts. accounts. Okay. I think his focus on the, is on the show accounts. Because he's... God damn it, he's such a brilliant comedy talent. For him to not be putting it out, but not creating more content and sharing it with people, I think is a. a but he's a got great a morning loss. show now. He's got a. That's where it all goes. Yeah, but there, the people from across the world should be reading his tweets. <laughs> like, he is that brilliant of a comedian. Like, the fact that he came back to Baltimore and is doing is not doing comedy in LA, I. I, I started telling him about it, but I didn't go to it. But I'm so disappointed that he. Gave up comedy in L.A. to come back and do Baltimore Ray. And he was like, dude, this is all I've ever wanted in my entire life is to have a morning show in Baltimore. I'm happy and condensed. Like, all right, fine. If you're happy, that's great. But he's such a brilliant comedian, comedic mind. He needs to share his brilliance of comedy with everyone. Well, he not just his Not just the lucky people here in Baltimore. He shared his Speedo with everyone at Project <laughs> Runway. So that's actually put on by a group called Show Your Soft Side. And it's, an, it's basically an animal charity because it's right. Paul Jack. So this particular event benefits Barks um, in Baltimore down by the stadium. B-A-R-C-S, Barks? Yes, and that's where Penny came from. So that's where my my affiliation with Barks comes from is I got a dog from there. So, but it's it's a runway show, but instead of being the runway about fashion, it's about actual adoptable animals. And one of their taglines was, go home with a four-legged model. 
And so I was out on a runway with so a So did you just get Penny? No, I've had Penny since 2009. Oh, okay. All right, all right. No, no, no. Oh, so you didn't just pick, you didn't just bring her home from the, from no. the thing. Okay. Nobody came home from the event okay. this so year. So you were, you, you were doing the runway with a... With a kitten. Kitten? Yeah. But then there's other really oh. cool people to get involved, like John Rollo had a kitten. Yep. Uh The... MMA, former MMA mm-hmm. wrestler John uh, Governor. My brother's business pr- partner with, uh, my brother is business partner with Rollo with the, the fights thing at the arena. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, the, the governor though, the Governor Hogan came, he walked a puppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, an assorted amount of Orioles, wives, Orioles players, Ravens players, their wives, their kids even came out. That was adorable. But yeah, the whole idea is to just, A, raise money for the shelter, and then B, Everybody who walks is adoptable. And then they bring out a special celebrity. And this year's celebrity was Molly, which was the national news story about the dog that got hit by Amtrak and lost a leg. And then the Amtrak officer that found her adopted her. So she was like the special celebrity. Okay. She she had gone viral. And then the second celebrity, uh, what's her name? Um, Rebecca Curry, the comedian. She does stand up for pits. Okay, I do know her name. Yeah, so she did stand up for pits with Justin like the day after Project Runway, but... Did the runway. Because that, that was that show, that show was just at um, at um, Comedy Factory. Yes. Because I was looking at that show, because when I was coming to town, I was checking to see what shows I could try and get on, because I used to work at the, the factory. So I feel like if I begged Chip or Matt to give me a guest spot when I was in town, they would do it. I, I'm just not, I'm too nervous to call them, because they wow. don't really know that I do comedy. I stopped gotcha. working there and started doing comedy afterwards. I have been since been back when I started comedy and told them, but I haven't been there in three over three years now. And I'm, you should have made the call. Well, it was also Bruce, uh, Bill Bellamy was there this weekend too. Oh, I think their show was the the pitch show was uh, stand up for pits. Yeah, was Thursday or Sunday? Yeah, it must have been Sunday because it was right after. Yeah, Project Runway. So, yeah, she was there, and the dog she walked was Robin, who was also at least a regional news story because Robin was found out tied to a fence with her face bound and she's been going through all these surgeries. The duct tape? Yeah. <gasps> I do know that story. Right. So these... They duct taped her, her mouth shut mm-hmm. and it like ripped her skin. Yeah. So oh. they, they bring out the celebrity pups, the ones who've been in the news, you know, the national stories to bring the awareness and then the actual celebrities and then a few radio people. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we walk these adoptable pets and... Uh, there was a silent auction that raised a ton of money that had all kinds of really cool packages that they put together. Gift cards and like special experiences where you could like have lunch with a local radio celebrity. Oh. Or, yeah, a tour of CBS Studios I think was even up for grabs. But, you know, just random little experiences that you could bid on. And then stuff. Big wine baskets and stuff. But it was all raise money, raise awareness, and then... Hopefully, the animals we walked got somebody's eye, and uh, they'll go home with somebody. Okay. Um, so, we're both social media savvy. We're both tech heads, um, for the most part. I think I'm more of a tech head than you are, but... Yeah, I used you, to be more into it. Yeah. Um, kind of got old. Are you seeing... Are you? We've both heard the jokes that, oh, radio's on its last leg. Radio's what are they talking about? Okay, here's Thank what you. I don't understand. Thank you. The statistics <laughs> are still showing like 98% of people listen to radio. So I don't know who's making up statistics that radio is dying when the only thing I see dying is the support of radio. And that's because they're buying into the hype of the other stuff. But I can tell you a million to one, when I come home, I turn on my TV. When I get in my car, I turn on my radio. 
I don't even get to my Roku and my Netflix or anything until I've literally run out of everything on my DVR because I don't want to have to pick up the extra remote. <laughs> it's the same thing with the car. I don't want to plug in an aux jack. I don't want to hook up the whatever, or Bluetooth. I don't want any of that. I just want to press the button and have something come out and it be good and that be that. All right. I know I've listened to less radio since I moved to Boston because I don't have to listen to any stations. I don't know the local stations as well as I should. And also, I've switched to listen to podcasts because the podcasts I'm listening to are comedians, and I want to listen to more of the comedy world, and I like interviews. That's one thing I always love about radio is interviews, which I think maybe I'm I wrong. I love interviews. But do you think we're getting less interviews in radio this day than, than before, in the earlier days? No. I don't think so. Okay. I, I, think, I think the the issue with interviews in radio has nothing to do with the availability of interviews. And the concept of time and personal people meters and ratings and not wanting to stop down the music for a minute and a half to talk to somebody. Not because people don't want to be interviewed. But I think even on the radio end, like if we would have a band come in for an interview, we would post an edited version that was shorter and quicker and better for time. But then I always like to take the time to post the unedited interview where you can hear what people are really saying and what people are really doing behind the scenes and posting it as that. So then it's different from what you did on the air to begin with. That's easy, easy additional content right there. You post that, film it on a, uh, on a flip cam, post the video of the unedited video. Exactly. The unedited audio on SoundCloud or whatever. Exactly. And so that's what, that's how I treated interviews. At that's that job. Why, see, that's why we get along, because I know how good of a talent you are, and you're actually actively working. Thank you. But there's so many people uh, that I still see who are so lazy and worthless, and that's the other thing I want to talk about. Okay. And I'll get to that. Uh, but let's talk about... So you don't see people... You don't You don't think there's any less listeners now than there ever was. Do you think there is? I think the only place it's changed is maybe in the office world, because it's easier to access online feeds of things when you're already sitting in front of a computer and you just plug your headphones into a computer instead of turning on an additional thing, the radio. And I think that's where it is. People are lazy, fat, and stupid, and I'm one of them, Mm -hmm. and I want to go with whatever is the easiest. And if I'm already sitting at my desk at the computer and all I need to do is take my mouse and click over twice and I have sound coming out, then that's what I'm doing. If... You know, it requires another piece of an equipment and, you know, radio takes up space on the desk versus you already have your computer there and your headphones don't take up any room. So I think those are the sort of places where radio is losing because it's easier to plug in your headphones and listen to the computer you're working on. But in the car, no, because we get the trial subscriptions of Sirius XM and we, you know, let it die and come back when it's five bucks or whatever and yeah, it's fun that they get to cuss on there, and it's fun that you occasionally hear things that you don't normally hear on the radio. But and and this is listening with the the built in dash. But there's still things that are so frustrating on there. Shows that keep re airing and recycling. Like stop. Oh, dude! It was like, like, why is it the same show all weekend? Stop it. When I got when I got out, when I when I got out of jail and went back to work in the restaurant, there was a restaurant I was working at, and they were listening to XM in the kitchen. And him and I, I only worked one day a week. And the chef started noticing, the cook, uh, Sam started noticing that he listened to the same station and uh, the playlist was so rapid at 9 o'clock Primus played on Friday. Every Friday, 9.15, a Primus song played. 
And we started noticing that he picked up. I was like, the only reason I noticed that it's happening at that time, because it's the same night you're here. And that's what he's like. And so after that, he started listening. And it's like, and timing is like, the same things happen every night. Right, every and the week. same thing happens even on the music channel on TV, when sometimes it's just like, I want to listen to some music, but I don't want to get it off my butt. And I just turn on the music choice channel on TV. And it's, you know, after an hour or two, it's recycled. It's worse than radio, I think, as far as recycling stuff. I would love uh, something that was continuously changing. And I loved, I think radio has gone away from that. Some formats, it depends. Top 40 station, I mean, that's their job to bang the hits. Yeah. But especially when it comes to like a classic rock station, like go deep. Play the live cut. Play the cover version. Like get in there. Give me album oriented. I want I want something different. Like I know there's that trope at working radio where you, you meet so many radios like, hey, why don't you stop playing the same songs? And my immediate response to all that has always been, stop requesting the same songs. Right. Like if you know how many times I've gotten a request for some, for a song and they go, uh, dude, we just played that. Literally. Or we're playing it right now. Right. It's like, why aren't you listening? We're playing yeah. it right now. So. Or they would say, well, play it again because I missed it. Like, we wouldn't... The reason we are playing these things in such rotation is because people are asking for them in such rotations. Uh, because There's the attention so spans much. are always... Like, people say the attention people's attention spans are short now. Trust me, they were they were always short. If you worked in radio, you knew how short people's Original attention spans. Original hits for radio were only 2 minutes and 30 seconds long. Yeah. It was unheard of if a record went over that. I mean, yeah. that's a fact. And talking about convenience, I literally... Because I'm not listening to radio anymore i listen to podcasts but i started because i was here and i quickly turned on 98 rock on the radio just to listen to justin and and, and scott and spiegel i fat was uh driving to the gym planet fitness because i got 20 dollars a month oh hey now occasionally and uh well there's this 10 i went for the black card oh yeah. so you get the multi-gym take it yeah i'm taking my exercise seriously with that 19.99 a month membership yeah. uh but i was driving to the gym and found myself that i didn't want to have to re-listen to the stream of the same thing I heard during the drive. So I just found myself plug in and listen to the stream in the car instead of going through the FM band. <laughs> just so you wouldn't be caught on the delay? Yes. Okay, that's only you. So I wouldn't I, listen. Yeah, that's I, completely That's me. only you. I well, yeah, I literally went out of my way to be inconvenienced to listen to radio. Well, because that's... I'm an idiot. But, yeah. Okay. But so, thanks. <laughs> They're streaming numbers. Thank you. Yes. Um, all right, so you don't think there's any decline in, in radio? I think it's bogus. I think it's salesmanship. I think it's... I think it's a happy trope. It's just like... It's the same thing with people who, like, who wants a vinyl record? Like, everyone knows what a vinyl record is unless you're a four-year-old. And even at that, a four-year-old has figured out the content of what a vinyl record is. Like, how we were small kids when people started joking about not knowing what a vinyl record is. I think it's just when you hear the word radio, you're programmed to go, well, nobody listens to radio anymore. Well, and people are liars because I've yeah. had people come up, oh, what station are you on? Oh, I don't know what that is. And then you'll see like a Rihanna song come on in the in the bar or whatever and they'll be like dancing on top of the table and it's like, mm, yeah, I don't think you went out of your way to discover the mystery that is Rihanna. I think somebody on radio played that for you. Yeah. And you do listen to the radio, and you just think that you're too cool. Oh, I have a custom Pandora station. Yeah, that was so hard for you to put together, I'm sure. Yeah, because people, I've always, oh, I've always said this since I was a kid. Ninety percent of the population sit around and uh, uh, wait to be told what to like. Yeah, and I, th- I don't think that number has changed. 
I don't think that numbers change at all. The people I know that are more into their Spotify's and there's are other music geeks who were getting it through. I mean, there used to be magazines put out that actually had CDs in them. The, and and record labels used to give out a lot of promotional CDs all the time. I mean, that's what radio stations gave away. This is just the new wave of that. It's the people who were buying CMJ magazine and uh, what was the other one that had Spin. CDs? Spin, yeah, that had CDs and stuff. And those are the people that are listening and creating their own stations. Those people were never on the beaten path. Those people were never the people that were going to listen to Top 40 Radio to begin with. So the fact they're not listening now doesn't mean anything at all because it's not what they, they were, were into. They were never factored in. To no, they with. were the ones who would be listening to college stations or, you know, the what, what, what other ways did we get things? I mean, I guess we all had LimeWire or uh, what was the other one? The download programs. Oh, Napster. Napster, right. I mean, it's those people. It's the people who are constantly going out there. The people who go to shows and buy CDs from local bands. I mean, those people were never listening to Top 40 Radio anyway. So the fact that they're not listening now is no surprise. And there's always no been change. that underground indie something, whether it be mixtapes or downloads or CDs out of a magazine. There was always that group, the front runners. Well, see, I would include them in the 96% of people who need to be told. They're, it's just the source you're being told from is different. So, like, But they're looking up, for the source versus yeah. the source just literally being push button. They were still seeking something I different. Even, I think even people who are not music fans are still seeking music and being told. Like, I love... So basically what I... I think... The, there's 4% of people who have an independent opinion about music and that will actively go and find things. Yeah, Whereas, those are the people I'm talking about. See, I include them inside of the people of the 96 because they go to their independent... They go to... Um, they go to LimeWire to be told what to like. They don't, I don't, I don't think a lot of people, so, all right, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think majority of the world, I think, I'll, 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 majority of the world needs to be told what they like, what, what their outlet for being told is different, whether it be radio, MTV, or people. Like, I, I found a, a lot of, about a lot about punk bands from my friends, you know, so I needed to be told these, I needed these recommendations to come from certain people. To move on. Does that make any sense? What I'm saying I'm right. You in my still face. need that recommendation from somebody to get you started on the path, but I think there's a difference of you going out to shows or your friends telling you something or getting something from a magazine article. Maybe Dave Grohl mentioned, I mean, somebody, yeah. whatever, and then people get interested because he mentions them in an interview. That happens. And I think the people who are going to look up this name after the interview are not the same people who will wait a year and a half for that person to become popular and have their own single and that single be on the radio. Okay. I think that even though they're, I think they're going closer to the source because we can't all go to every local show all the time. And, you know, there always are gatekeepers and key masters when it comes to media, but I think they're closer to the gate than waiting. I mean, you think about some of the songs, I'll, I'll use... Um, Walk the Moon is an example. They had a local following in Ohio. They got alternative play and, um, people knew them in the alternative world because they had some affiliations, you know, the, the song Anna Song got picked up by a few things commercially. And then two years later, Shut Up and Dance With Me is the number one pop song in the country. But there were people who were fans from when that first song came out because the, whatever it was, I think it was a Warped Tour or something, promoted their single yeah. versus waiting until it hit a top 40 station. So 
Yeah, even though not everybody could grow up in Ohio and get into, the, you know, the first show ever, the word of mouth has to spread from somewhere. But then, you know, to go from, I'm playing a video at, at a family function of this song, you know, to, oh, it's on the radio now. Yeah, now everyone knows the song. Okay. Now everybody knows the song. I, so I think there's always got to be some jump point where some person at some level but I, I just think that it's what level are you getting in on if you're getting if you're lucky enough to be a, a an intern at a radio station under a music director who is awesome like pat faris was at hfs when i was under him and i love listening to part, 90 you know 90s yeah at noon. but like part of your day was let's listen to all the new music you know that's part of your day because the labels have sent you the music not everybody can sit in an office in D.C. and have every record label in the universe sending them stuff to play. Yeah. So somebody's got to make a decision at some point, but the question is, did you hear that song because they played a festival as a, you know, a band that was on at one o'clock? Or did you hear that song when they were headlining the festival? Like, where are you? I think, so I think, no, I think those 4% are the 4% that are looking elsewhere. And I still think 96% of people are just waiting to press the button and hear something they like. And if they don't, they just press the next button and the next one until they do. Yeah, and I think that 90%, they're, they're, they'll use whatever outlet. I think radio is just a different outlet. Uh, but I don't think Pandora really is that new music outlet. I mean, I don't think Pandora and Spotify is really that outlet where you find new music. I think more people use it just to listen to the music that they already like. I don't know, because there are people who've come to me, oh, I heard this song. You know, where's that? You know, is that are they going after radio? I mean, I've that discovered a few new artists listening to things, like a couple things have popped up where it's like, why wasn't I already listening to these guys? But I don't think I've found, and maybe it's just me the way I'm using it, but for most people that I see when I look at their playlists, they're not, they're not, they're not finding... Anything that they wouldn't have already. Well, so that's the other to. end of the spectrum is when you get into well, the including... nostalgic part. You know, there's oh yeah, like, nostalgia is a whole different thing, right? Because but... I don't think my dad listens to music radio at all. I think he listens to a lot of talk radio, but he'll turn on the oldie station. He'll listen to that, but anything like you reach a point, I think, in your life where anything new makes you want to scratch your ears off. Oh, yeah. And so I think those people don't use radio the same way as they used to because mm, they would prefer the talk formats. Oh, yeah. Well, then that brings And that's a whole different thing. The next question is, I'm a firm believer that radio will always be here forever because it's free. Something that's free will always be around. There's no reason to get rid of terrestrial radio in the future. Like, FM radio will always be there. Do you think that... Do you? Do you have any fear that at some point FM radio is going to go away? Because there's a lot of people that keep thinking it, and I'm like, it'll never go away because it's free. Advertisers will still come to it I would say, I don't know if anybody ever thought AM radio would go away. Oh, I I believe AM will go away. But yeah, now you do. But I'm saying 30 years ago, 40 years ago, if you asked people, would AM go away? They'd say no, because that's where the talk is. But then they started moving FM to talk. Yeah. I guess that's good. I never but, thought about about how I never believed AM would go away. I don't. I never thought about it that way. Did I, you, did I you never. Ever, well, but, granted, when I was a kid, I never thought radio would go away. I would never thought radio could be replaced. Aren't they even taking some TV signals and making them like? Wasn't there a whole thing about that turning TV signals into radio channels for 
you know, public service, uh, whatever, emergency services. I don't know. There was like a whole thing. Uh, all right, so um, I don't know where the quarter the recorder cut off, but uh, it was definitely somewhere in the midst of us talking about we both believe radio is not going to go away, FM at least, um, unless they, your opinion was, unless they find a better use for the FM signal. Yes. Um, do you, and this is the last question, we'll, 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 be, we'll be done. Do you find yourself, do you think at any point you'll change mediums? Like, do you think you'll, would you go to Sirius? Would you go to TV? Would I you would, go to internet? Would I you, would go, like, especially if you're not looking for a job. Would you go to internet radio if it was going to pay you? If it was going to pay me a living wage uh, that I'm used to making? Yeah. Yeah, I'll work anywhere. Have you I thought mean, about... So you'll do anything that's you'll still do the same job despite the medium. Like you, right. you have no fear of no of the internet. No, my only fear is of cameras. So you won't go to TV. Uh, I'm not saying I won't go to TV. I just don't think TV will have me. Blue hair and tattoos. Are you are you kidding? That's the that's that's the rage right now. I'm afraid that they would not. I don't know. I'm afraid that I would not be considered for TV stuff. Um, because of that. Are you, do you think, come on, like, people love... Yeah, but you don't want your nightly news anchor to be like... Okay, so that's, that's, well, clearly nightly news, yeah, serious news, but would you do, like, the music channel or whatever? Didn't MTV just buy another movie? Didn't, didn't, oh, yeah, I mean, MTV being a, now? Uh, like a VJ? If there was a VJ gig, sure, what because about, they would accept it. What about entertainment news? I don't know if Entertainment News would accept it. Not, entertainment e, not news, Entertainment Tonight, then. Oh, but well, like, I'm thinking E or Entertainment Tonight. Those sort of news magazines that are on TV, I'm not sure if they would take me or not. Let me actually turn the recorder up so I can see the screen this okay, time. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know my phone's not going to get full anytime soon. But, um, all right, since you're out of work, have you thought about making that jump to podcast? I have talked, actually, with my former college radio co-host about starting a podcast. Okay. And... Do you think you could handle an hour, hour-long hour talk format? I mean, have I not gone over and filled your memory card <laughs> as it is? Could I talk? Yes, I could talk. I was setting you up for a lot of that talk, but okay. you did a brilliant job this time. Yes, but... I, I can talk. I could talk for an hour or half an hour or, you know, whatever. That's not a problem. Yeah, I mean, if you think about in radio... We do a lot of content. Like, granted, there's nothing that creates content more quickly than radio every day. Original content for the most part. Like, the news, you're just regurgitating. Something that's already happened. Yeah. Unless you're just it's breaking about. news and then you're still. Yeah, you're still talking about other things now. You're not creating anything. Right. It, for us, even if we're talking about celebrity news, we're still creating original content. We're making comments. When we on make it. the comment on it, yes. But yeah. to just there's still the regurgitation part of, you know. This happened. This is your reaction to what happened. Yeah, but you, you, the good people expand on that. There's the there. Hopefully, the good people are supposed to expand right. on it. So, okay. To. Have you thought about making the jump to YouTube while you're here, while you have the free time, like start a vlog or? I've been better with my Snapchat lately. I will okay. say that that's not quite. A I'm vlog. the worst in Snapchat because I hate taking selfies. And I hate doing video in public. That's why I don't do a lot of social media content because I don't want to create something and have somebody see me do it. Like, I don't want somebody watching me make a video. Like, today at the, at the Jeppe Museum, I took a selfie with Superman and I had to look around and make sure nobody saw me taking a selfie with Superman. Hold just a moment. I have a call. <laughs> hey, what's up? 
Did you hear us say Rofo enough that that's what inspired you to get the chicken? <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, then I'll see you when you get home. Unless you want to pick me up a BLT while you're there. I'm already in the car. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. Well, then I'll see you when you get home and I'll be eating leftovers. <laughs> All right. Bye, babe. So, I mean, have you thought about... I mean, there's... Uh, may, yeah, all right. So, yeah, my problem... My self-consciousness I've thought about a lot, but here's where I'm at with it. Is my main focus right now is to find another full-time job in radio. Okay. And I've started to think about other formats and other possibilities and what if this unemployment would continue longer than I would want it to. I would be open to, sure, everything. And that's why I asked you earlier about the website stuff because I do need to get that going. I just need a simple place with, like, a couple air checks and, uh, you know, my Twitter feed and, you know, my WordPress linked into it. You know, I don't need a lot big fancy thing, but I need something to say that while I'm not on a station, that this is where you can find out more about me than other than just a Facebook page. Yeah, the hashtag where's Joe. Yeah. Stuff. I love yeah, my hashtag where's Joe. I love it too. I think it was a brilliant idea of you. It uh, so <laughs> started what, organically. Why don't you just, I mean, what's, what, what's a better way to show a company that you're creating content than to create content? But that's why I've been continuing with the social media. Yeah. And that's why I'm at least now getting to the point where... A website is going to be a necessity because of, you know, I'd love to link your podcast episode that I'm on. You can give me permission verbally. Of course. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, I want it on record. I want you on my podcast so you'll tell other people about my podcast and they'll listen to my well, podcast. Well, then perfect. This is a joint thing. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. But then, like, the, like, this is literally old school of you're a guest on my podcast. To get other people to listen to my podcast. Lovely. And at this point, hopefully, they're not hearing us talk about it. But also, but I want the people who are already listening to my content to listen to interesting people, which I uh, you are interesting. I wish, like, I'm talking to you today. I'm going to talk to Scott tomorrow. I was trying to get on Sarah Fraser's podcast and do a swapcast with her where we record an episode. Uh -huh. And then she, we both release the same episode. And then I was going to probably get Jackson to do a podcast at my place when I get back to Boston. That way I can do an entire month of radio people. That would be fun. That was my plan. But now, Sarah, uh, as predicted, Sarah's like, oh no, can't have you on my show, Dennis. Which I expected, and I shouldn't say it in, a negative, in such a derogatory way about her, because I saw it coming. But she's also busy, and and she has a real, her podcast is doing much better than mine. Um, but also, Scott and I made jokes about how her podcast is not doing well. Like, she was doing the, uh, she did a live episode at the DC Improv in the small room. Whereas, like, I have friends who made a dinner theater Comedy, a dinner theater uh, comedy thing. Justin, all them, uh, and Rob, uh, Rob Mara and um, Joe Robinson's murder mystery, is playing the main stage at DC Improv, which is like three hundred seats. Her live podcast is sixty five seats, and then it's still more than mine. Exactly, and then she when she sold those two out, she's like, "We're moving to the bigger room." Like, oh, congratulations! You have sixty six listeners, which is very mean of me to say because I didn't say it to her face. It's ten times worse when I say it behind her back. Uh, but I love Sarah. And I want the best for her. I just think she keeps making bad mistakes. Anyway, she's not going to listen to this and hear that. But, so... But, yes. So, yeah. The TMZ stuff, I, you know, you know, I want to link those episodes up. I want to yeah. do that. I need to get sort of a hub going. And once that hub is going, then I think you more YouTube and more stuff like that will follow. And I think I might do this regardless of a job or not. But the difference is when you have a job... They want that content. Yeah. So I would like to give it to them first for money before I give it to the world for free. And it's... 
it's just, it's hard right now because I'm in that weird spot where, you know, either any day now I'm getting a job or uh, who knows when. So. I mean, you're still, at least you're working part-time, so that's a step in the good direction, in the right direction. Right. I'm still working part-time and, you know. At a country station on the east shore, eastern shore. Yeah, and I might even have some more part-time stuff coming up soon, so. So I have that to look forward to. So there's stuff that I'm definitely working on, but it's just a matter of... There's been some things that I've passed up, even in doing social media for other people right now, because I can't do social media for you when I'm trying to do my hustle to yeah. get me a gig. Like, if I can't get me something soon, then I'll come back and look at working under other people. But right now, I want to promote myself first. Okay. Because you, to me, you seem very confident that you're going to get a job. Yes. On a scale of one to ten, how, how scared of you of not being, of falling out of radio right now? Because I know if, uh, I can tell you right now, if, if, if Total Traffic Network fired me right now, my fear would be a ten. Because I don't think I could not get another job. I, in the experience I've had, I've had enough offers for part-time work that I think I can still make a go of it, even if something full-time doesn't work out right away. So, scale of 1 to 10, how fearful are you? Of falling out of radio completely? Yeah. Two. Okay. All right, no, that's great. I want to know, I, I was hoping to see if, the, if you were like, oh yeah, I'm talking a good game, but on the inside, I'm terrified. No. You feel confident? I feel confident. Good for you. I feel All confident. Right. I feel like, uh, you know... I think it could be good. I have... And the question is full-time or not. Yeah. When, and when full-time will happen. But as far as radio in general, no, I'm not going anywhere right now. Knock on wood, but... Okay, good. All right. We filled a memory card. This is enough. Good talk. Okay, high good five. talk. High five. I think I'm going to start ending all the podcasts with a high five now. Awesome. That's not my thing. Like, I was going to say that my, um, my, my shtick, like, with podcasts, they all have their, like, special little mahalo or outro or whatever. I feel like mine was going to be, I would say, a different podcast's closing before the end of each podcast, but I forgot to start doing that. So I think I'm going to end them all now with a high five. And there you have it, my interview with Joanna Campbell, or Joe, or Josie, or whatever you want to call her. Whatever you know her as, if you're a fan of Joe and you came to this podcast from that, um, because this is her first podcast ever. I got to, oh, this makes me so creep to say, I got to break her podcast cherry. It sounds disgusting. Uh, and very, I feel like some feminist should come through my studio, even though there's an on-air sign that says, do not come in here. I feel like every time I say that, feminist should just kick the door open and punch me right square in the nuts for saying that uh, archaic term. But it's, I mean, it means exactly what it means. We know what it means. We all know. Um, so it was great to have her on the podcast hangout and to be her first podcast. Uh, I think she should start doing a podcast now while she has the time. She should be doing vlogs and podcasts and um Anything she can do to create content and entertain people because she's dynamite. She's also super dryly sarcastic, which is instantly why I think we got along um, because she's she has the uh, she she just gives you a look when you say something and you can't it doesn't come across the podcast her sarcastic looks, but they're good. Uh, I, I enjoyed having her on the show. Um, if you want to follow her, her career, her path. Uh, if you want to check out more about her, uh, follow her on Twitter at Radio Josie. Don't follow her in real life. Follow her on Twitter or follow the hashtag Where's Joe? W H E R E S Joe. Uh, J O. No, you on that? Just Joe. J O. Like the seasoning. 
my, my Mid-Atlantic people know, the J.O. seasoning, the generic Old Bay crab seasoning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jesse's great. I enjoyed getting uh, sitting down and talking with him. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up now because uh, I'm going to go watch Game of Thrones. All right? Because, uh, you know, damn Thrones. Oh, so good. Like, even last week, uh, it was a slow episode, but still, uh, you know, we got the return of the Hound. Oh, we had that guy from Deadwood on the show. All right, I won't go into Game of Thrones talk because uh, I'll sit here and miss the episode that's starting in like five minutes. So, guys, thank you so much for downloading this episode and listening to it. I appreciate it. Um, and if you can, hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, especially if you're new to the podcast. Go ahead and uh, leave a comment, even if it's just on this about this episode and you never listen to another one again. It helps things out. If you're a friend of Josie or a fan of hers and that's why you came to this podcast, please leave a review. Give it five stars if you think it was worth five stars. If you don't think it was five stars, give it four. Please don't give me a one. But that all the reason I say this is not because I'm narcissistic and I need that kind of feedback. It's because it really, truly does help, right? The more positive reviews that my podcast gets, the more people who are likely to see and hear these interviews with my friends who you're a fan of as well. So please, if you could subscribe, rate, and leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, however you're listening to this. I appreciate it. And hey, if you want to say, hey, here's a really good podcast with a guy who's uh, motor-mouthly obsessive and weird uh, (laughs) and who has a voice that sounds like, I don't want to brag, a truck full of screaming babies crashing into a nitroglycerin factory. Uh, Feel free to tweet that. And again, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye.